Come on down. All right, are you ready? Give it a good spin. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, June 2nd, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 518. This is No Agenda. Thumbing through my favorite magazine here in Travis Heights, hideout in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm reading the New York Times, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. Shut up. Wow, I had time to turn a 747 around in the hole you left there. Yeah, apparently. Mm. Did you do it? Did you turn around a 747? Yeah, I sure did. I should, yeah. It's a figure of speech, amigo. So it's out. It's out. It's out. I'm so excited. What? What do you mean, what? What's out? You're kidding me, right? Well, you got your... You're not doing that again just because Mickey's gone. <laughs> no, no, not that, not that. <laughs> what? Do you, by the way, what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't. Actually, I don't want to know. <laughs> no, it's um, Inspire Magazine. The new, the new edition is out. I'm so excited. Inspire. Have you not been uh, been thumbing through your your copy? It's it's propaganda written by a, one of the agencies. No, one of the special no, operations. no. It's a special ops. Well. Uh, I figured it would be interesting today to kick off the show by showing people that this is indeed exactly that, a special op. <laughs> and it goes all the way back to two weeks ago. We could have known this thing was coming. And it has actually turned my head into... Uh, I, I focused more on some things that will give us information days, if not weeks, ahead of time. We just Oh, you think it's a it's like a book of codes or something. It, no, it's not even it's this is if you want to hide something, you do it in plain sight. It's a, it's it's much easier than oh, okay. that. Only it's so I'm easy. I'm all ears now yeah. now that you've got my attention. Well, first of course, whenever something breaks, we know we got to go to Brolf and Babs. This is the latest version of Inspire, the magazine published by Al-Qaeda. She, hold on a second. <laughs> yes. She has a job in broadcasting. <laughs> No, this is this is uh, you know Barbara whatever her name. This is the uh, who do you think it is? I don't know. Somebody is with a. She just got a. She sounds like Elmer Fudd. Who is she? That's the Pentagon correspondent for CNN, Barbara. Barbara, whatever her name is, you know, horseface. And she talks like this yeah. on network. <laughs> Even, we've played her before. Do I always bitch about it? Never. Huh. Huh. So so she's at the Pentagon in the Pentagon studio. They have a little closet there. And uh, so that's where, you know, the, they just sit there, the the reporters waiting, and someone comes along. Hey, Barbara. Eh, here it is. Here's, here's what you talk about now. Oh, it's the new Inspire magazine. Oh, the ink is still wet. All right, here we go. Arabian Peninsula. And much of it, including this article titled The Inevitable. I love this report. It's Hold cool. on a second. Does the magazine have explosives built into it? <laughs> this is a good report. This is well done. And and she's and they and I have to say the, the new guy Zucker, he's doing a good job because this is done live. This this timing of the explosion and the video that goes along with it was timed perfectly on cue. Because hmm. this is not a prepackaged report. This is Barbara live getting tossed to from Brolf. And it's very good. Is cruelly devoted to the Boston Marathon bombing. What it tells you is this group, Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Now, this is where I got my first clue. All of a sudden, 
This magazine comes out, and this douchebag starts showing up everywhere. This guy, this British guy. ...is opportunistically trying to take advantage of this attack. The magazine calls the Sarnayev brothers, quote, brilliant in carrying out the attacks, which al-Qaeda says were, quote, an absolute success. The magazine mentions Copley Square, Fenway Park, and Boston University. It says... These heroic bombings have exposed many hidden shortcomings of the American security and intelligence system. Okay, so she goes on for a little bit there uh, talking about uh, this uh, fantastic article that uh, was written in Inspire magazine. Now, what bothered me is this all of a sudden new people appear on the scene. Guys, you you never see or you might remember them, but whenever a dude with a British accent shows up, danger. This is when you're bullcrapometer should be flying off the scale. This guy's name is uh, Paul Krukshak. And you write that C-R-U-I-C-K S-H-A-N-K Krukshank, I guess. Krukshank. And uh, he has has his own... This guy, educated Georgetown University, by the way, um, is a member of the... hmm, what is it? Center for Strategic and International Studies. Pfft. Yeah. <laughs> CIA think tank. So then he appears on Jake Tapper. And this is where he, I mean, it's, it's almost like if now, of course, people who are listening to the No Agenda podcast know how to listen to these things. He is not just discussing this magazine. He is promoting it. He is emphasizing every single word that needs emphasize, emphasizing in particularly the title, but all the great things this magazine has to offer. He is, in effect, reaching out to you and asking you to go find this magazine. Well, Jake, they're trying to capitalize on this to inspire more attacks. Inspire. He already is like to inspire more attacks. He's already using the title in his vernacular. We inspire this. Our magazine inspire this. These two brothers downloaded bomb-making instructions from our magazine, and they then carried out this attack. They can show our followers in the West what, what they can be capable of, these type of lone wolf attacks. So they're trying to inspire more of this kind of terrorism. Can you, can you say... By the, the way, how can two guys be a lone wolf? Can you explain that to me? <laughs> I know. No, no, that's fantastic. And they also talk about, in this magazine, the machete attack in the U.K., that's a that's a pretty quick turnaround. <laughs> this is where I was like, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, these guys got a real. They got a great operation. They, you know, they got like a whole staff. They got you know, it's really this is awesome uh, to put out put, to put that out. Uh, explain that why that propaganda. Yeah, explain how you do that there at headquarters. I mean, uh, uh, how Inspire does that. And the value is so important to talk about all these different events and current events. Well, that's a very uh, quick uh, turnaround. That was just about a week ago. So God damn, it took us such a long. It was really hard to get it done on time. They put that out very quickly. They feel this is another victory for them. This is going to inspire more of these sorts of attacks. They also refer to. Can you use the word inspire one more time? Do you think, John? Is it, is it possible that he does it no, yet it's again? Not possible. <laughs> An attack against a French soldier in Paris on Saturday. So very recent events are mentioned in this Inspire magazine. Oh, this is propaganda <laughs> to encourage more lone wolf-style terrorism. At this point, I'm like... In the West, they, they recognize this is very hard to protect against. So you've got just two or three people launching these attacks and they don't have connections to overseas terrorist groups. They're saying... Don't okay, so this is kind of the payoff where he's saying, it's like, you know, this is impossible to protect against. Come and join us. Don't come and try with us stay home and we'll give you the instructions you need uh, to carry out these attacks 
Okay, perfect. So then uh, Jake uh, has two other shills on. Uh, and again, these are totally new guys. So the, I think that the CIA just opened up the door to the department, and this is the entire editorial staff of Inspire Magazine on CNN. It's just like, hey, guys, go ahead and promote it. We got the new issue. It's on stands now. Go. Tim, I want you to stay here for a minute while we take a look at another developing part of this story. New evidence today that the Boston bombing is already becoming a key recruiting tool for ah. Al-Qaeda. The terror plot is front and center in the latest issue of Al-Qaeda's <laughs> English language magazine. It's English language. Do you hear that? English language. Oh, that means I can go get English. it. English language. In English. I thought it was in Arabic, and English. then I, I, so I didn't bother before. English but now that language. I know it's in English, Inspire, I'll get it. The magazine copy. praises the Tsarnaev brothers as heroes and encourages readers in the United States to follow their example, as it says on page 17. Oh, hold on a second. Let's go to page 17. Are you there? <laughs> follow along at home, kids. Quote, the Boston bombings have uncovered the capabilities of the Muslim youth. They have revealed the power of a lone jihad operation, unquote. The magazine also highlights the attack in London and other recent lone wolf type terror incidents. So, uh, Tim, I want to bring you back here. The, today, the State Department submitted this report on terrorism to the U.S. Congress. The key line in the first paragraph of Chapter 1, the <laughs> AQ Corps' ability to direct the activities and attacks of its affiliates, affiliates has diminished as its leaders focus increasingly on survival. This would seem to speak directly to what we're seeing in this latest issue of Inspire the Threat. Al-Qaeda is now pushing is these lone wolf home homegrown attacks. Is this, in your view, the real future of al-Qaeda terrorism? I believe it's been the uh, the past and the future of al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda has never been about regimented attacks. the same way. No, impossible. Although they have planned long-term planning for attacks like September 11th, that's not oh. the norm for them. The norm for them is radicalizing individuals. So just, this is like, and who are these guys? These are not experts. These are CIA agents. Did you take a look at Paul... Uh, uh, Krushank's bio. Yeah, yeah, I looked at it. He's got a web page. Yeah, he, and, it's, and it's all about Al Qaeda. This I, I wrote the book on Al Qaeda. I did this. I Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda. I'm super Al Qaeda. This this guy, I think he is Al Qaeda. Now he looks like he does look like a. He looks like MI6. Oh come on! Is, he was born to do this. If his entire page is all about him and Al Qaeda, so. Then I'm like, you know, I. It's a very, it's a very weird page. It's, it's just a bunch of bullcrap. But anyway, go on. So then I, I, and I've done this in, uh, a couple times in the past uh, few weeks, and we need to really pay better attention to what the president says, uh, because the 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 pre um, remember with like the 3D printer thing, it was mentioned in the State of the Union. We completely miss it. Boom, there's a 3D printer thing. Well, boom, it took a it took a couple months. But the, um, the speech he did that was interrupted by the Code Pink lady, even we were distracted and focused on the Code Pink lady more than anything, particularly what the president was actually saying at the time. Uh, now, we did catch the shield law thing, but did you catch everything he said up until the shield law thing? Well, I'm assuming by the fact that you're a asking the question is that such, in such a way... Uh, that I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I have foiled you again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's called a setup, John. Just radio. Oh, it's a setup. It's a setup. 
And now that you've given me the setup, I would have to say, no, Adam, I don't know what he said before then because I was so distracted. Exactly. Effective partnerships, diplomatic engagement, and assistance. Now, there's a couple things in here that we're going to find. Through such a comprehensive strategy, we can significantly reduce the chances of large-scale attacks on the homeland and mitigate threats to Americans overseas. First of all, I just want to pause. You know, it's become normal normalcy now, but calling America the homeland is still a very weird thing in my mind. I, I did not grow up calling it our homeland. I called no, it the United nobody States. Nobody called it the homeland. Until we had homeland security, of course. Right, homeland security started calling it the homeland. But again, we were talking about this for the last month. If you're in the middle of uh, the Nazi regime in the 30s, the fatherland. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I don't believe that the that the Germans used that term. Uh, I, I don't know, but I'd have to do a little research. But it sounds to me because it, it seemed to have just showed up. And then there was the fatherland. Now we're the homeland. Okay, well, same thing. We're right yeah. in the parallel as long exactly. as we stick to these parallels. And I have, been, I have been reading my uh, my beast book, by the way. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? it? No, no, it's it's. Yeah, it is. You shouldn't read. You shouldn't read it alone at night in bed, essentially. <laughs> which is what I did. It was a big mistake. All right, let's continue. But as we guard against dangers from abroad, we cannot neglect the dawning challenge of terrorism from within our borders. There we go. Now remember, this is uh, a week and a half ago, or a week ago, a little over, just a week ago. Yeah. This is before Inspire magazine came out. As I said earlier, this threat is not new. But technology and the Internet increase its frequency and, in some cases, its lethality. Lethality? Is that a word, lethality? Uh, I think it is a word, but I don't know why anyone would use it. Lethality! I tell you, lethality, everybody. Today, a person can consume hateful propaganda, commit themselves to a violent agenda, and learn how to kill without leaving their home. Is, is this a great country or what? <laughs> I mean, this was always possible. You could you could always it's do this. New. You get you get a book. You read a book. Someone hands you a book. It comes to your door. Says, "Here's a book." You read the yeah, book. There's a bunch of books that were and written that have all this stuff. But there are key and words it, it, here. This was I remember in the '60s there were such books. But there are very key words here, like hateful propaganda. You know, hateful propaganda is not illegal. Okay. There's lots of hateful propaganda. In fact, we, our government does it all the time. This, is, this speech is, part, is partly hateful propaganda about threats from abroad. And, well, let's listen on. To address this threat, two years ago, my administration did a comprehensive review and engaged with law enforcement. And we read the document. And the best way to prevent violent extremism inspired by oh there it is violent jihadists is to work with the muslim american community which has consistently rejected terrorism to identify signs of radicalization and partner with law enforcement when an individual is drifting towards violence okay so what does that mean exactly if you're drifting towards violence like, I'm standing over here and like, oh. Hey, look oh, at him. He's drifting. Oh, Where's he drifting to, Bill? Oh, He's violence. drifting toward violence. Oh, no. Get law enforcement. That's called, that's called pre-crime. 
If you're drifting yeah, towards, totally. that's pre-crime, right? Yeah, you're drifting toward violence. How, how, how does that even work? How do you identify somebody drifting toward violence? Because you drew a picture of a gun like a little kid <laughs> yeah, would do? Yeah, drift. Little that's kids a dr- are drifting toward violence. They're drawing guns or they're playing cowboys and Indians. You're not on course. That means you're not on course on the, on the you're path. You're cowboys. They are, or now, all of a sudden, stay on the you've path. Got, you've, you've, you've joined a rifle range. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, oh you're and, drifting. You're drifting towards you're, violence. And you're practicing shooting a twenty two oh, or you're drifting, maybe drifting. a .30-06 and then maybe yeah. a Shotgun. We get the point. We get the point. Drifting is not a state. Drifting, in fact, is what leaders do. You drift off the path to find new and exciting things. It's how our minds come up with new, new creative visions that have never been invented before. If we all stay on the the path, that the stay on course, we're all going to be boring slaves, and we'll come up with nothing new and cool. You got to find the boundaries. And these partnerships can only work when we recognize that Muslims are a fundamental part of the American family. I don't know, this whole Muslim thing, I'm not quite sure why this was necessary, but he felt it was. In fact, the success of American Muslims and our determination to guard against any encroachments on their civil liberties is the ultimate rebuke to those who say that we're at war with Islam. Okay, I I know why he's doing it. Catch him off guard. He's going after the Muslims. <laughs> That's what I thought. That was the first thought I had. I'd be like, oh, crap. If you're Muslim, get out. Look out. Here he comes. He's coming for you. God, these pregnant pauses. Oh, man. I, you know, when I clip him, I have to clip out those things because I can't stand them. No, he just stopped. What does he think? He's Jack Benny. He's up there. <laughs> he stops talking and he looks left and looks right and looks left. You presume that anyone listening to the show, including me, has seen Jack Benny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I do make Sorry. that assumption. Yeah, yes. that's, that's wrong. Now, thwarting homegrown plots presents particular challenges in part because of our proud commitment to civil liberties for all who call America home. Okay, so that's the setup. All right. Civil liberties, homegrown attacks. Here's the setup. That's why in the years to come, we will have to keep working hard to strike the appropriate balance between our need for security oh and and what <laughs> and uh, and preserving those freedoms that make us who we are oh okay we need to strike a balance this is this is very serious what he's saying now because he's talking about um giving up your freedom and liberties for security that means reviewing the authorities of law enforcement. Ooh. Does that, do you think they'll get less? <laughs> yeah. They're going to pull the rug out from under law enforcement. <laughs> I think they're going to get less authorities. So we can intercept new types of communication. Oh! Whoa, there it is. So if I understood the president correctly, he just said we need to review the authorities of law enforcement so they can intercept new kinds of communication. Yeah. Would that be ham radio? Probably not. I'm thinking That's the joke of it. I'm thinking no, exactly. I'm thinking this is wiretapping on a grand scale that he is oh, now yeah. proposing, but it gets better. But also build in privacy protections to prevent abuse. Oh, okay. So to prevent abuse. All right. So what do you suggest? Wait, wait, hold on a second. There's a little p- subtext here mm-hmm. that that I don't think he even knows he did. The subtext is that if you do any of this, 
It's abuse. It's assumed that abuse will will evolve right out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it will. That's very, that's very interesting. Hold on a second. Uh, that's, that is, that is, you know, you're so right. He shouldn't even bring it up. No, he shouldn't bring it up because you should, you should make the assumption there's gonna, not going to be any abuse. No, everything By saying great. just to, to mitigate abuse assumes there's going to be abuse. Lovely. To prevent abuse. That means that even after Boston, we do not de- deport someone or throw somebody in prison in the absence of evidence. Now, what exactly does this mean? What does this have to do with Boston? Did we throw someone in jail? Did we deport someone other than, yeah, wasn't, wasn't there some uh, Saudi, Saudi that we deported? <laughs> Is he referring to that? Well, you, the thing that Glenn Beck keeps yeah. harping on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what that meant. but it's I a, don't either. It's, it's just okay. obviously something he, it was on his mind. Throw away line, throw away line. That means putting careful constraints on the tools the government uses to protect sensitive information. Oh, okay. Now we're getting to the meat and potatoes of it. Such as... Oh, yeah, you're right. Just, just, everything's got to be a top secret. This is just... This is all, to me, at least from so far, all I'm thinking about is Julian Assange. Wait for it. That means putting careful constraints on the tools the government uses to protect sensitive information. Sensitive. Such as the state secrets doctrine. Well, now, the state secrets doctrine. Are you familiar with this? Uh, I've heard of it. Okay, I, <laughs> I was hoping you would be like, well, yes, let me tell you all about it, because I didn't uh, research it. You didn't look it up either, okay? No, I didn't. Okay. I'll look it up in the, on right. the, uh, on the, in the book of book knowledge. Of knowledge all right, all right. Well, well, pay attention to this next bit. And that means finally having a strong privacy and civil liberties board. A strong privacy and civil liberties board. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. To review those issues where our counterterrorism efforts and our values may come into tension. That's what's coming. You see, this is why we got to listen to him very, very closely, because he is essentially the telegraph of the New World Order. <laughs> and he does it very well, because he reads it verbatim. And so we're going to have... Let me just get the words right. The Liberties Board. No, hold on. Roll back a little bit. And Civil Liberties is, Board. Wait, hold on a second. So he's, this is good, by the way. Yes. I'm glad you did this. Yeah. Uh, so he, and this is all pre the heckler? This is all pre the heckler, and this is pre Inspire Magazine, this of course. Like, this is like, watch the other hand. This guy's like a magician. Yes, this is what I'm saying. Very good. Yes, th- but we keep forgetting I this. I picked up on that little commentary about the Civil Liberties Board. Let, let's listen to what it's called again. Information, such as... The state secrets doctrine. And that means finally having a strong privacy and civil liberties board. Privacy and civil liberties board. This is like a board. Oh, my God. Apparently, there already is one. When did this happen? This has been around forever. Oh, okay. So this is something that was put in place... Three years ago. By oh. Obama. Yes. Yeah, he snuck one in on us. <laughs> yeah, supposed to, it's our job to catch these things, not three years after the fact. This is no good. David Medine is the chairman of the Privacy and Civil Liberties Over- Oversight Board, which may be different, led by Senator Charles Grassley. Pfft. 
Oh, no, uh, he, no, no, uh, they oppose. I'm sorry. What is this? Civil Liberties Oversight Board. This is, uh, this is ver- a new independent agency. Oh, man. It's within the executive branch. I can't believe we didn't see this. Oh, this is lame. Role in operations. The purpose of the board is twofold, to analyze and review actions the executive branch takes to protect the nation from terrorism. <laughs> ensuring the need for such actions is... Ensure, here's what he said. It is, it is to ensure that the need for such actions is balanced mm-hmm. with the need to protect privacy and civil liberties and to ensure that liberty concerns are appropriately considered in the development and implement, implementation of law, regulations, and policies related to the efforts to protect the nation against terrorism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was there all the time. So then what's he talking about? Oh, this is interesting. This was recommended by the 9-11 Commission report in 2004. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, believe me, this is not just Obama himself. But it is very interesting that this is what the uh, Civil Liberties... Privacy and Civil Liberties Board or Oversight Board is going to be doing. Let's listen to it one more time. Of information, such as the state secrets doctrine. And that means finally having a strong privacy and civil liberties board to review those issues where our counterterrorism efforts and our values may come into tension. Okay, so it's just another uh, independent body or body that is not independent, another body that is going to be That's making decisions. Place, yeah. yeah, just another an- one of these things you can point the finger at and they can point the finger at someone else and then they point. This is ridiculous. Yeah. This is what's going on with this Benghazi thing. You know, that time uh, Rand Paul was grilling uh, Hillary. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have to ask someone else. I don't, I got nothing to do with that. You got to ask another agency. Yeah, exactly. Talk to those guys over there. Yeah, over there. Yeah, no, you got to talk to the... No, to no, this. no, yeah, no, no. You were no, talking no. to the right people to begin with. You should go back and talk to them again. Yeah. Talk- I mean, this is a scam. It's <laughs> funny you say that. What was... Uh, I had something about that. Let me see if I have it here. Uh, no, maybe not. Well, anywho... Oh, I can't believe I just said that. Uh, you so, said that. You I said know. any who. I know. I just shoot myself. That was horrible. <laughs> and I and I call people out on saying that. What is, is it, Mickey's been gone for a week. I'm a mess. I'm a total. <laughs> but it's interesting. Do you know that dudes basically only need one room? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> are, are you laughing because you agree? <laughs> it's true. Dudes Ooh. basically need one room, and it would be great if my bed fit in this room. And it would be great if I had a little stove and a cooker. <laughs> a little, one of those little miniature refrigerators that all guy, only guys own. Yeah. No, actually a sterno. It's a sterno thing, a mini fridge, and I'd be set. I mean, I had this whole house, and I'm, and I'm just in this one room in my command center. <laughs> and you become so complacent, you become like... Yeah, in sure. In the end, we're all 12-year-olds. Yeah, sure, ends. I'm in my underwear in my command center. Who gives a crap? <laughs> That's me. Okay, so... You had, you had to have no girls written on the door with the, with the R backwards. backwards. <laughs> exactly. So, so I really start listening to uh, the things the president is saying, or that, I'm sorry, things that are written for him. And we got several notes... Uh, from uh, from producers, including uh, Harry Pilgrim, who uh, sent a very detailed note. 
about something the president said in that same week, actually, on his Memorial Day reality show, his Heil Everybody show, uh, to review here is the pertinent uh, pertinent 30 seconds that uh, we actually questioned. And on Monday, we celebrate Memorial Day. Unofficially, it's the start of summer, a chance for us to spend some extra time with family and friends at barbecues or on the beach, getting a little fun and relaxation in before heading back to work. It's also a day on which we set aside some time on our own or with our families, to honor and remember all the men and women who have given their lives in service to this country we love. They are heroes, each and every one. They gave America the most precious thing they had, the last full measure of devotion. So the last full measure of devotion, we both said, hey, what is that about? And shame on us, by the way, for uh, not recognizing an obvious a plagiarized line from President Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. And we had to... Nice catch. Well, and, and I'm, I feel stupid. Uh, Harry Pilgrim, uh, you know, one of our producers there in the, in the D.C. area, <laughs> the Virginia area... Oh, he, one, uh, he, one of those guys in Virginia. Yeah, yeah, challenge Living coin guys. Living a gentleman's life. <laughs> challenge, challenge coin guys. Uh, he said, you know, we used to have to memorize uh, the Gettysburg Address back when he was a kid. Uh, I, don't, I guess that's no longer required. I certainly oh, I didn't have to. They can barely memorize anything. Right. Um, so here, uh, so that is, now I tried to find the Gettysburg Address from the movie Lincoln that Steven Spielberg did. I don't know if the if that part of the address is actually in the movie or not. I, I saw the movie. I can't remember. I think it's at the beginning where he does that. Um, I did, however, find a whole bunch of interesting references to this last full measure and what this actual speech was about. This is from uh, the movie Saving Lincoln. Uh, observe the voiceover and tell me if this fits President Lincoln and maybe President Abraham Obama. Resistance to the war was growing. Mr. Lincoln needed to reinvigorate the people to explain to them, and perhaps himself, why this endless plague of war must continue. <laughs> so, maybe that's why he used the words. Maybe that's why he's being compared to, uh, to Lincoln, so that he can convince the American people that this endless war must continue. And then I found on C-SPAN, the director... Uh, Steven Spielberg of uh, the movie Lincoln, uh, featuring Daniel Day-Lewis, who starts his speech off with these exact words. He contends that they gave the last full measure of devotion to defend a proposition about government, about how we choose to live together, starting with liberty and moving to equality, and whether the contract we make with one another based on liberty and equality is practical whether it will work, mechanically work, whether this idea of government can function on the earth we inhabit. And that's one reason why I think he keeps saying here in his address. So when I, when I heard this, we've got Steven Spielberg, we've got the movie, we've got the writers in the, in the administration copying the words. You know, we already know that, that this thing was a setup, but now it seems on such a grander scheme, check this out, as I'm researching... I, and and I, I need help here from our um, from our enlisted men and women. 
we look at the epaulets on, you know, we've, we've been laughing about the uniforms and the crazy stuff generals have on them, etc. for a while now. And I don't know if it's just me or, you know, the, you know how the epaulets have, they no longer go uh, from the neck to the end of the shoulder, but they go kind of over the shoulder. There's a, that, that's like one of the new styles. Yeah. Okay. Go look at the Lincoln era. This is exactly the same style they used in the Lincoln presidency. Mm. Now, I don't know if if this has changed a lot over the years. It was hard to find any you know, good research on this. Well, you know, the generals get to design their own uniforms. Yeah, but this is not just generals. It looks to me like this is also uh, lower ranks than general, but all have the, the epaulets. So, you all... think, so, you, so if a colonel has a colonel outfit, would be those. So let me look at colonel uniform of a colonel. And but you also have to take a look at pictures from the Civil War era. They have the exact same epaulets as they do now. So I'm now I'm now I'm like wow, you know who is the producer of this thing? Well, here is a picture of Alan West, who's as much of a militarist as anybody we've ever had in Congress. And he appears to be a colonel, and it's exactly what you say. It's over from front to back instead of across. Right. Okay. Now, now, he now, stumbled onto something. Now go, I, I think it's just slightly symbolic. Slightly? Well, well, it's a military. We've become a militarized country. Became? There, I, there was a, that guy, <laughs> i, I got to go back. What are you talking about? When have we became this? We've always been this. Well, we've always been, but not to the <laughs> point where they're put, they're shoving it in our face, where you can't get work. I had a clip on last week. I should have moved it over to this week, where they they're talking about uh, it was on the five with Dana Perino and, 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 and legs. What's her name? Second. And by the way, um, people, you know, I'm just making observations. I said I need help from people. Uh, if you're in the chat room, you're going, then pound it, okay? You're getting kicked. I hate that. Sorry. Actually, I kind of like the epaulets from the American Revolution. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, you're right. The Civil War one's exactly the same. It's the exact same over-the-top thing. It's I'm, funny. I'm telling you, this is uh, this is. So we're all trying to, we're just trying to create imagery to make, what well, you're summarizes this. We're doing this imagery stuff. It's happening every which way, and it's all to make Obama look like Lincoln. And the real question is, how real is the story about Lincoln? Who knows what they were doing then? Which we've now, of course, revised with, uh, or we've set in stone with uh, Spielberg's movie. movie. Right. You know, where you know, all, he, all he did was, great man, freed the slaves. <clears throat> Don't look at the fact that he was a Republican. <clears throat> Yeah, ignore that, please. <laughs> Don't watch the Democrats who are racist who started the KKK. <coughs> Democrats. <coughs> See what someone said to me the the other day? They because I said you know this conversation came up, and I don't give a crap. I'm not Republican or Democrat either way. I do have to preface that so I stop the hate mail. So, you know, it was the Democrats. The stooge for the Republican Party, to Curry. <laughs> That's right. So the Democrats were the the racists, and the Democrats uh, started the KKK. And then, yeah. and, the, and then a very smart person said, yeah, but then they flipped. They flip-flopped, you see. You see, the, the Democrats started calling themselves Republicans. I'm like, really? 
<laughs> that's that's your story. <laughs> that's your that's your excuse. That's your story. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. That's all good. All right, Dana Perino. Okay, so Dana Perino is going on about. Uh, Oh, you know, these poor veterans are not getting, they're getting screwed by the, which by the way, this is another standard thesis in the history of the country. The veterans get screwed. Yes. <laughs> and she goes on she says, and she said, I, and then one person says, well, I wonder if that's uh, hurting recruitment. You know, this uh, the knowledge about this screw job. Recruitment? There are no other jobs except that Army. That is exactly <laughs> my point. And, I, and somebody says, no, it's up. And I, I was, I, first thing I said to myself, of course, nobody on this panel said this because there mm-hmm. are a bunch of. You know, I don't know, bots wusses, of some sort. Wusses, yeah. They go, oh, no, it's up. And I first thing I said to myself was, yeah, because you can't get any other kind of job. Oh. So that guy that would that I had all these clips from that was on Democracy Now!, which I'm going to get this clip again and play because it it's very funny. Oh, yes. He says that the Pentagon long since decided that we're going to divide the New World Order, puts manufacturing in China, it puts banking in Switzerland or banking in England. It, does, it moves everything around. And we... Are the military? Yes, we are. The- so our job is just to put people through the system. And he said, and then he goes on. I got to get this clip without summarize. Then he goes and he says, somebody says you got to go to JC. There's either JC Penney's or Sears. He says, which is he says the middle. I think it was Sears, the middle classes, real you know department store. Right, it's all and made in what China. They're selling to the kids, and they, he goes over there, and all the kids uh, in the whole child boys section it was all camouflage <laughs> camos yeah of course yeah all these kids are wearing yeah. camo now you can't yeah. play cowboys and indians <laughs> you, you can't draw a gun you can play you can't say anything bad but you can wear camo as if you're in the army do they still sell like green army men can you still get those i'm sure you can right i think you gotta get yeah. them over the from amazon <laughs> Yo, they don't make them anymore you kidding me I don't. No, I don't see them. Man. They don't sell anybody anything well, that's like well, violence. John, but, they, but, John, but they want you to look, dress like a slave. John, seriously, have you seen our vehicles? Have you looked at the cars Americans drive? Now, I'm not talking about the pansy ass battery car, stupid, you know, sh- just jip. I'm talking about the SUVs, and yeah. even those are hybrid, okay, or flex or whatever. Um, the, the flex. These, flex. I don't think it's hybrid. Just take a look at these things. These are militaristic vehicles. Yeah. Very well, and if you also want to see what's really going on with the American public, go to a parking lot and leave your gray car in the parking lot and then try to find it. <laughs> I mean, you have to have apps now <laughs> to find your gray car in a sea of gray cars. Yes, be gray, slave. <laughs> Hold on a second, John. I think it's time for a little PSA. When important moments happen, both big and small, we're the first informers to history. We are the pioneers, the innovators, reaching more people, touching more lives. By Ayn Rand. <laughs> come on, come on. You got me off guard. You got it. You got it. One point. <laughs> hey, uh, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all the boots on the ground out there, ships in the water, subs in the sea, <laughs> uh, the, the people out screwing in the bed, and all the knights and dames. Yes, in the morning uh, to all of our uh, artists. Thank you very much. Uh, Sir Paul Couture, who checked in with the album art for episode 517. In the morning to all of our human resources. In the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. And in the, indeed, I would like to say, uh, in the morning to all the ships at sea, this weekend is the Museum Weekend event, Museum Ships Weekend 2013. 
Uh, if I can reach 15 different ships, subs, um, on the ham radio, I get a, I get a certificate. So I've been, oh. uh, I've been talking, uh, to, uh, sub, submariners. How many you got so far? Three. Which well, is pretty good. You got a lot of work to do. Oh, it's impossible. Because, you know, because you can, you can reach them on, uh, Morse, CW, Morse code, which is very hard because it's like a million. It's, I'm, I'm just not, I'm like, do, 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 do. <laughs> and those guys like, okay. So then I'm on the sideband. And it's cool because you get, you know, you get these real radio guys and you can, they're sitting on the ship and they're like, yeah, I'm over here. And, you know, we're 20 miles off the coast. We've just surfaced. And I, oh, okay. And I'll call out when there's like some, they call him a big gun, some big gun, which means basically a guy with more money than you who has, you know, a 200 foot tower and a thousand <laughs> kilowatts. And he's like, <laughs> so yeah, you got to get lucky. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so I actually have been saying, CQ ships at sea. <laughs> I'm so proud you of myself. You got three. I got three so far. Well, the weekend's not over. Okay. Uh, at least I'm trying. At least I'm trying. Well, maybe if so, well, they won't be listening to the stream. So by the time, it's what we're gonna, you're going to start getting email like after the contest. Or, hey, you should have said, I yeah. thought I'd known. <laughs> yeah, if only. Uh, yeah. You yeah, should exactly. have said something on the last show or on last Sunday. We, you probably would have been set up to get a 15 point shot easy. I, well, I tweeted something, but you know, I didn't know about it. I didn't find out. Look, I, oh, I, I see. You were kept out of the loop. I okay. work. I have a show to do, and sometimes yeah. I catch stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should do something with that. There you go. Anyway. You uh, always make your own certificate. <laughs> yes. Gee, that that's not quite the same, John. <laughs> but thanks. Thanks for the tip. All right. Let's uh, thank some producers. It's uh, I'm glad that people checked in to help us balance out a little bit. Because uh, Thursday was uh, abominable. It was a bomb. Uh, a bomb and abominable. And, of course, it's always the knights and the barons and the dukes and the earls who uh, come in to help. I wish yeah. it was we had more, like, common folk. Well, like, you know, somebody shows up once in a while and they apologize for being boners and then mm -hmm. becoming donors. And Remember, a boner is just a pre-donor. Trevor Chapman uh, leads the pack with $518. You should put me in the category of a knight now, so please knight me as Sir Ratanif. All right. Might get the right. I don't know if that's on the list as such, is it? Uh, I'm going to check. Sir Ratanif? Yeah. Uh, uh, let me see. Where is it? Sir... I'll double check. Uh, yes, Sir Ratanif says it right here. Yep. And I would like a shout out of karma for my 16-year-old son and his mental health issues. That's just doesn't yeah. sound good. Yeah, well, which probably means he's going to be a genius. Could be. Yeah. You've got karma. Either that or a podcaster. He's going to try to drug him out of it. <laughs> podcaster. Uh, Sir Gene Baron de Marriott. Ah, yes, the sheriff of Texas. Uh, the sheriff of Texas, six three five six nine five. Which and was, I don't have a note from him. No. Do you? Uh, so, uh, Sir Gene took me out to dinner after Thursday's show, knowing uh -huh. that Ms. Mickey is out of town, and he came down from Dallas. Uh, so I have no idea what he's doing. Uh, no, but he took no me out, and, he, and, he, and, he, and at dinner he said, oh, here you go. And he gave me 275 euros in cash. Ooh. So, um, uh, so I'm, uh, so that translates to 356.95. Ah. Uh, 
So that's how we get the uh, the interesting. Well, numbers. you got some money to spend when you go to Europe in uh, July. Woot! <laughs> uh, Dwayne Melanson, Sir Dwayne Melanson, Sir Melanson, Earl of T. He's the Earl of Oregon, isn't he? I thought so. Yeah, I think so. I did the spreadsheet is I gotta stretch it to make Yeah, it no the spread uh, uh, Eric DeShill, who was uh, now taken over is great it, I don't know, for some reason his spreadsheet skills are different. Because now I can't yeah, I know read the notes. To him. Why is that? I don't know. Is he using it's, a different version of something? Nah, got me. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a all it's everything's a mystery. Well, it's Microsoft's world. ITM, gentlemen, just finished uh, reading Michael Crichton's State of Fear at your recommendation. Crichton nailed it in terms of compromise, the compromised nature of the climate change and other similar scams. State of Fear is a must-read. Keep up the great work and get the black and get the black smoke pots ready to go in case the new ca- oh, in case the camera show up at your oh, house. Oh yeah, so you can say that you were attacked. Yeah, you can yes, show the this smoke. Is, <laughs> this is our new thing. <laughs> Uh, All right, thank you, sir. I think it's Sir James Spitzer. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to deal with it. Missing sirs. Uh, Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts, three 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 for the BPCIT universe. Melon Son was three 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 two. Also, uh, Joe Wagner of Emory, Sir Joe of Emeryville, three 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 three. I'm donating because last night I had a dream that John was co-hosting The Price Is Right. <laughs> And having the time of his life. Yeah, with those girls. I bet. He was also wearing a suit with giant football like shoulder pads underneath and looked like he had just got back from Hawaii. <laughs> Follow your dreams, John. I'm following my own by leaving my well paying job to look for something new and fulfilling. That's Sir, wants, that's Sir Joe the Dish Slave. Yeah. Uh, well, some that'll be the last donation from him. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, Sir Joe the Dishley. You've got karma. <laughs> Follow your dreams, John. <laughs> you would be good, by the way. I think you could do it. Come on down. Right, and then say this. All right, are you ready? Give it a good spin. All right, are you ready? Give it a good spin. <laughs> no, no, we got to work on that. <laughs> okay, no. I don't have a lot of fake enthusiasm. Uh, Joel Singleton in Henderson, Nevada, three 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 three. He sent a note in saying, "I uh, I figured out the PayPal thing. Who has patience for snail mail these days? Combine that with your random PO box extraction, and it would have lost it. Finally made it from boner to donor. Short circuited back in two thousand eight, and finally woke up. Now I find myself anxiously waiting or anxiously awaiting the show twice a week, and I've completely stopped listening to all the other podcast distractions I used to rely on." Thank you for both for telling it straight. Oh. And he's Tim from Lost Wages. I, um... Scott Henderson on his PayPal account, but he's from Lost Wages, I guess. Okay. You what? Well, I was going to say I did an... Because uh, uh, something triggered in me. He said, yeah, I can't wait for the show to, to show up. I tried an experiment um, uh, over the weekend yeah. with BitTorrent Sync. Have you ever heard of this? No. Oh, this needs a column. No. BitTorrent Sync. Okay, think Dropbox, but it's BitTorrent, no central server. And and so I I tried it, and uh, so I've set it up, and I have a public folder, and I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, well, JC will know this. And, and so basically you, you need a, a hash number, and you enter that number, and people are, are getting the show in like 15 seconds. 
Really? It's unbelievable. It's just like, because it's BitTorrent, so you're grabbing, it's peer-to-peer, so you're grabbing it from all these different peers simultaneously. And, you know, sometimes it can take a little while for, for the show to download. But what's cool about it is you just have a folder, and that folder, you know, you know it says no agenda, and then it's 2013, then it has the month. So it, 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 today, 06 will appear as a folder, and in that folder, just the show will appear. It's It's very much like... You know, a subscription, except it, without all the bull crap of iTunes and all this crap that doesn't work. Um, now, of course, it's only it, it's not for your phone yet, uh, but they're working on it. And I don't think it's open source yet. I don't know if it will be, but I was just astounded by how well it worked. So I'm going to in addition to our RSS feed, of course, and we already do a feed of bit of uh, torrents. Now we're going to try a BitTorrent Sync. I, I'm very impressed. Uh, and, okay. Well, and you should look at this because... You know, if you're impressed, I'm impressed. Thank you. Enough said. James Mann in Ringo, Louisiana, 315.13, facing a job crisis. Then again, who isn't? Yeah, well. And decided to support a little more than I usually do while I am still earning. Besides another guy we're not going to hear from anymore. <laughs> Thanks for your work. This is all we're getting is, is good, you know, Goodbye, John letters. Like, like, good knowing you. See you around. <laughs> Here's some money. Bye. <laughs> it's like a divorce. <laughs> WJB Raps 242. And he's a social executive producer along with James B. Mann. Uh, still liking the show, trying to get to knighthood this year. Everything is great, but what I still miss is a transcription of the whole show. Right. Yeah, so do we. The best way we try, we, we, yeah. the yeah, best we, way would be a whole transcription so we can look things up via command F, but otherwise perhaps someone has an idea to implement the change of topics in a web page. You know, if you remember when we first, within the first couple of years of the show, Bubba Martin Yes. Used to post the show on the Dvorak Cage Match site and the Dvorak uh, Uncensored. And he would do a a blow by blow of the show. It wasn't a notes. It was notes. It was notes, not a transcript, but it was it, it was and we took it for granted. He kept saying, you think I should just keep doing this? And then I don't know if it was me or he just stopped doing it. I, said, eh, I don't think anybody cares. What happened to Bubba? Bubba died. <laughs> oh, crap. You didn't know that? I thought you knew. No, I know that he had like a, a leg thing and he was in and out of the hospital. He died? Yeah, he died about a year and a half, two years ago. No, I didn't know that. Does he yeah. have family? Uh, Do we- yeah, he does, but it, it was just a strange thing. I never did find out what he had. What, what he, he got some, something happened to him at some point because he was on the ropes and he came back and then he was yeah. on the ropes you, again. You, you, and don't next think, year, you don't think it was the transcribing of the show, was it? <laughs> No, it was he stopped doing that for at least a year. Ah, oh, there you go. She should have never stopped. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Bubba was kind of interesting. He would send notes that were borderline annoying. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> they were borderline annoying. He was great. Ah, that's sad. Yeah, we, we need people he's the like one that. Who says, he's the one who claimed to have flown through that hole in that building in in Dallas. Some mania. There's a building in Dallas. It's got this big at the top. There's a big uh, like a giant hole, and uh, some maniac in a private plane had flown through, and it was a big scandal. And he said it was him. Yeah, he said it was him. He never. He wouldn't admit that it was him, but he hinted that it was him, but he couldn't say it was him because he'd get in trouble. Hmm. What uh, What building are we speaking of here? I don't know. It's just a. It's a big foot private plane. Is that the Chase Dallas. Tower? I don't know what it is. Yeah, it probably is. Anyway, let me finish this note here from uh, WJB Raps. Were you sure it wasn't uh, Austin, the IRS building? Is he sure he wasn't confused? 
I'm pretty sure it was that building in Dallas. There's a building with a hole in it. Oh, you mean you thought it crashed into the building? Yeah, just saying. In the All right, move on. Yes. We're almost done here. I'm glad done. you amuse yourself. Yes. Now I'm taking notes on my phone while driving. Can't remember some crucial details all the time, which are important when I try to explain a no-agenda theory to a non-believer. Yeah, well, th- th- stop. Don't even try that. It's not worth no, it. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. Not, don't we do keep it. telling you, just talk to the converted. Yeah. They, they, they'll, they yeah. can pick up most of already. They have the memes. Well, just when you have to be right for the first time anyway. For instance, Gene Steve Gibson from Twit lets his partner transcribe the whole podcast, and it's available in Word, MP3, well, HTML. Well, now you're talking, partner. Keep up the good work, my insights. Yeah, you're right. We should get Steve Gibson's partner to transcribe this show. Is Steve Gibson gay? No. Yeah, not I th- that I know of. No, he, I think he is. Oh, it could be. Yeah, why I wouldn't he? I think wh- so. Oh, and this puts a whole new slant on Steve Gibson. Let me say, Steve. Well, what did you get, Steve? I don't know. Where, where did this, because partner. he has a partner? Maybe yes. his partner's a woman. No, 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 no. That's not how you, that's, believe me. Because I, I think it was Steve Gibson who also thinks, yeah, I, I remember this. I think he he also said that, you know, AIDS, the whole idea that AIDS being this virus that you can catch this way, he says, you know, this really needs to be looked at differently. He's kind of on my side of the fence when it comes to AIDS. I think that was Steve Gibson. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I can't talk about other podcasters. By the way, you're not allowed to play any more podcast uh, alternatives. I've ended this segment. No, no, I got one. No, yeah, I got to no, play this one for sure. No, 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 not going to happen. First of all, anything that gets said on the show that anyone's offended by, even if it comes out of your mouth, I get blamed for it. Okay, I'll tell you this. I'll make a deal with you. If you, if you play this next one and you and you don't like it, then I'll uh, now the segment's dead. No, the segment is already dead because here's what's happening: we play these things, and then all these other podcasts are saying those guys are a holes. You know, they're, they're trying to start controversy. Controversy. So they it's get, the only way we can get any publicity. No, but they want publicity for themselves, and now I get all this hate. People are like, I can't believe that man. You already had the best podcast in the universe. Now you got to put the man down. You got to put the boy down. Like, like you got to do put him down. What are you? 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 You got to put him down. That was my Eddie Murphy. What do you think of that? It was pretty good, right? No, it wasn't very. Oh good. man. But that's exactly what I get. Like, I had, I didn't expect that from you. You mock others who are just trying. <laughs> and I'm like, John segment. It's not me. I, I, no what said anything to me. In fact, those two guys we mocked it last time I was in conversation oh, with, and I, oh, they wanted some tips, and I oh, gave them no, a bunch of writers. Oh, no. No, here's what happens with this. Now, other podcasts are talking about this feud that's going on. I'm like, I have no feud. and and But the way they literally say, Curry decided to go spout off at him that they sucked. Like, no, that's not what happened. It's like someone sent a note and said, this is the way you should be doing it, like these guys. Yet it turns into this whole, it's a, no, it's over, it's done. I got other things to do with my life. You well, can, I had no idea this was affecting you negatively. Oh, you have, yes, it's, it, I don't like it when there's negativity. We have to have people being positive about our show and not thinking we're a bunch of a-holes and we're slamming other dudes, which we're not. I'm not. You are. Let's put it that way. But I get blamed for it. It's okay. I'll tell you what. Take that clip. And uh, are you on Twit today? Oh, I hope you're on Twit. Please say no, yes. No, I, I got to go to the airport. You're banned. You've been banned. You're going no, to the airport. No, I was invited. I have to go to the airport. What, what's at the airport? I got to pick up my daughter. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's cool. Ah, just in time for Father's Day. What? Just in time for Father's Day. I think she was here for Father's Day. <laughs> really? 
Well, <laughs> it's interesting. It's nothing that I, you when know, do you Father's say- Day, that these other bogus holidays are things that I try to <laughs> When is Father's Day according to you? Did I miss it? Did you get it and I missed it? Yeah, what? Well, I didn't, did I, did I miss Father's Day? Because I didn't get a call. From who? From my daughter. Oh, yeah, you should have gotten a call. I don't, I don't think it's uh, been yet. Well, I see, this is how lame we are. <laughs> We don't even know when Father's Day is. We don't care. We're lousy fathers. <laughs> I'm just going to call. To, hey, you didn't call hey, me. Where's on, my Father's where's Day my call? Father's Day call. Father's Day is not even for a month. 16th of June. About? It's on the 16th of June. Well, you're the one that said she was there for Father's Day. Yeah, well, yeah last year. Last year. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much for your support of uh, the best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Rest assured, we, we will be working very, very hard to bring you uh, more uh, analysis. And some of this is quite painful, actually. Uh, and going back and finding information, re-listening to speeches you've heard ten times. And I'm going to be really all over this now. I have to, you, I mean, we've got to r- dissect word for word everything this president says. And maybe it's been this way with most presidents. But this is the first one where it's been so scripted. And we're just we're missing out on valuable information. Yeah, we, make the job a lot easier. Just listen to what he says. <laughs> wow, what a concept! But you know, everyone gets distracted by the woman in the back shouting, which makes me. I think me that now that you mentioned this again, reminds me of that of my of my uh, Led Zeppelin story. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh no, but I, I I completely agree. It's like, and then he can always come back to it. Oh no. Remember, remember during the um, the debates with uh, Romney, and he said right, and Go. Romney came got suckered into asking right. the question the right. wrong way. Yep. And Obama says just listen, and then of course every what bothered me about this, by the way, which I think the Republicans are still annoyed about. What bothered me about this is that when Obama came with his zinger, no, I never said it that way. What I said was, mm-hmm, and, then, mm-hmm. and then everybody like Candy Crowley and everybody in the in the yep. questioning booth. They said, oh, yeah, that's exactly what he said. They had all been pre-briefed set up, set up, yep. on what was going to happen, and they jumped in to just pound Romney. Yeah. I think he lost the election right there. It's a, it's a big reality show. <coughs> Anywho, there we go again. Said it again. You I know. Anywho. <laughs> There's a problem with me. I don't know what's going on. Help us propagate the formula, quick. Our formula is this. We go out. We hit people in the mouth. I'm just trying something new. Um. Okay. Let's see. Oh, by the way, John, Euroland is burning. Well, you know, I think. Yeah, okay. But I mean, and burning. What else is new? Well, but you know, this over the weekend, we got a couple things really cranking up. And I think part of it is to obfuscate what's going on in the Middle East. But here's a one minute report from the BBC, which I was surprised, although they, they brought in like an intern to host the segment. But at least. She, she got the information across. Has seen widespread demonstrations by people from all corners of society angry at the growing economic hardships they face. They all blame the troika of international lenders. That's the IMF, the European Union and the European Central Bank. Now, of course, the United Kingdom is, uh, is against the, in general, I would say, is against the European Union. 
And so this report is interesting because, of course, people are angry about what's happening. But now the slaves are are starting to riot against the IMF, against the central bankers. This is, I would say, a very, very good thing. Um, I have some boots on the ground in some of these countries. These protests are much larger than you are being shown. Responsible for rescuing struggling states, but in return for countries having to make severe spending cuts. Now, this was the scene in the Spanish capital, Madrid, where thousands took to the streets. Here, six million people are out of work, and economists forecast unemployment to rise further, with no one hiring and no one spending. It's making the economy contract, plunging families deep into debt. Now, in Lisbon, in Portugal, more than 10,000 people gathered outside the International Monetary Fund's headquarters. Two years ago, Portugal pledged to cut its debt in return for a 78 billion euro bailout. That's about 101 billion US dollars. Locals say it's made the financial crisis worse, and many are calling for the government's resignation. (laughs) Meanwhile, in Germany, there was a tense standoff near the European Central Bank's headquarters in Frankfurt. Thousands turned out to demonstrate at the ECB's role in pushing spending cuts on struggling European countries. Police used pepper spray and batons to stop protesters from breaking through police lines. Yahoo! Batons? So the Germans, the Spanish, the Portuguese, the Greek. This is this is very good. I'm very, very proud. This makes me feel good. Although we're getting hit with batons. Batons. Where are you going with that baton? And what are we doing here? Nothing. We're no, we're not doing anything here. The, the, the thing that's really breaking out right now is Turkey. Oh, man. Do you have the same feeling that I have about this? Uh, uh, oh, I bet what, you, uh, you think the American uh, intelligence is behind yes, it? Yes, of course. This is so obvious that the CIA we're, is now trying to break Turkey apart into two states. Well, the, the, guy, the guy who runs Turkey is an Islamist who's managed to, in the olden days, a little background here, the... Uh, once Ataturk took over Turkey in the 1900 or so. Now, wait, the, 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 this is at the end of the Ottoman em, uh, Empire? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. this guy named Ataturk who took over the place, and he made it illegal to uh, infuse uh, the government with any religion, knowing that the Muslim religion has all these crazies. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so it was always – so if you had – if you were like a, an Islamist – specifically mm-hmm. uh, in Turkey, you'd get arrested and beaten and thrown in a jail and forgotten about kind of like the way our uh, government does it. And, uh, and this is, and every time that some guy snuck into the office as a prime minister or anything else, the military would, would overthrow the country in a coup, throw the guy out, have another election and then retreat and let the civil civilians run the place again. It was, uh, this is a cycle. Well, this last guy got in, this this Erudan or whatever is how you pronounce it, uh, he is an Islamist. And he, before they could pull this, this old stunt because they were kind of hampered by their m- membership application in the EU, knowing that if they took over the place again and threw this guy out, they never get in the EU. So they, they kind of dilly-dallied. Right, right, right. And while they were dilly-dallying, he arrested them all. <laughs> yeah. Hey, stop dilly-dallying. I'm, I'm throwing you in irons. And so the country has been slowly slipping to uh, <laughs> radical Islam, very, very slowly, but, but, but happening. And this is irking the public at large because there's all kinds of restrictions. The media has been totally co-opted. And so they, had, they decided to have this, uh, this little uh, protest. And by the way, any protest movement is smashed. 
but they had a protest <laughs> against rebuilding a uh, taking a park out of the downtown area and leveling it and putting in a shopping park. Right, right, which which was how it started, but that's how it that's, started. that's almost it's, nothing. It's gone yeah. on. Now, I got three reports on this and I the BBC one is kind of lame, so we're going to skip that, but first let's play the Al Jazeera, which I think has the best grip on this, and then we'll follow that up with a classic CNN version <laughs> of the same story. Yes. But there were fresh clashes near the offices of the Turkish Prime Minister. The Interior Minister says nearly a thousand arrests have been made in more than 90 demonstrations across the country. Rawia Rage is in Istanbul and sent this report. After days of trying to break through the police siege, protesters take over Taksim Square. Thousands pack the popular area, describing this as a victory. The man who said he won't back down just backed down. But this needs to go on. We believe there is going to be a victory. We are looking after our urban zones. The AKP has no right over our urban space. We will protect our city and our rights. It came after one of the most aggressive advances by the police since the protests began. But ultimately, the police pulled out from the square after hundreds of injuries and arrests. Earlier in the day, scenes like these of crowds marching across the bridges over the Bosphorus gave an indication of just how big the protest had grown. For them, what began as a protest over a park has now taken on a deeper importance. Now they're demanding the fall of the government. Prime Minister Recep Tayyip Erdogan says he has no plan to back down. He did acknowledge what protesters and rights groups have criticized as a heavy-handed approach. It's true that the police forces made a mistake in using tear gas. I have ordered the Interior Ministry to investigate this. Using the gas was excessive. I'm just going to pause for a second. So I got this same report, just so you know. Of course, we were both thinking the same thing. Did you also watch this report and think, my God, you're so boring? Oh, Erdogan? The, the whole thing, this 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 report, this the, the whole report is boring. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, oh. Not as boor- it's not as boring as the BBC version, but the CNN one, uh, you should finish this up. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's but good. the CNN one is, is, yeah, is yeah, no, no. I, I, I got to set I it up before you play. Yeah, yeah no, we'll, we'll finish Al Jazeera first. But there are concerns the government has restricted Turkish media from reporting on the protests. Many protesters chanted against the local media, describing them as sellouts. Protests spread to many places across the country, including the capital Ankara. This is what happened near the Turkish parliament. There are people of all kinds of ideology here together, from all religious sects. But the attitude of the police never changes. I even think it is probably the undercover police that have caused so much debris on the street. The international community has expressed concern at the approach the police are taking. As calm returned to the square, the government may have gotten the message. Protesters are telling us they now have three specific demands. The government must stop the urban development project in Taksim Square. They're insisting on an apology from the police for the way they behaved here. And they're insisting that Prime Minister Erdogan and his government must step down. Now I get a kick out of these three demands. This is like... Let's list uh, them again. I would like you to uh, serve some ice cream. I would <laughs> like to get a new mm-hmm. pair of shoes. Yes. And uh, you must kill yourself and all your friends. Now. Yes, very nice. 
Uh, it's just pretty funny. But now, now the CNN guy. Now you remember? I don't know if you remember back in the day of the first uh, Iraq War, where uh, Peter Arnett. They had a guy on the roof, and he's ducking and jiving. He's just like, it's like every time something goes off, he's ducking. That was Peter so, Arnett, wasn't that Peter Arnett? Yeah, was it? Yeah, it was Arnett. It was no, no. It was this other guy. They would call him Rockets Charlie or something. No, there's another guy. It wasn't Arnett? It was Arnett. Wasn't the guy that was jumpy. But anyway, so we got this new guy that's he's in Istanbul <laughs> on the scene coughing. Okay. The riots have been going on in downtown Istanbul. Okay, yeah, I I think it was the I know exactly who you're talking about. The guy who would like at a, in a heartbeat would go to rush and put on his uh his uh gas mask. Yeah. That yeah. guy. Yeah, well he was he was also in the shot with uh, Peter Arnett when they were downstairs in front of the green screen goofing off. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, okay, okay. So this is, I, I already know what's coming. This is great. The riots have been going on in downtown Istanbul all day on Friday. You can see the riot police here in the central Taksim Square squaring off against demonstrators who are starting to set up burning barricades. They're hurling rocks and bottles. It's, it's very overwhelming. And this is the commercial heart of Turkey's largest city. This started as a protest movement against plans to bulldoze that park over there and replace it <coughs> with a shopping mall. Uh, we don't want this place to turn into a shopping mall and now this has turned into something else because uh, the prime... Let me, let me ask you a question. Was it tear gas or is he just coughing for no reason? He- I, I think it's burning tire smoke. I don't know because oh. he's outside supposedly. We don't know. It's not in front of a green screen. And he's coughing. <coughs> It's bad out here. Is it more? It's is it more? Bad. Is it more and coming? The is so lame. Is more coming? More coughing? I think he coughs again. Okay. Minister is controlling the media, uh, the, the police, and we have no control about uh, what gets out in terms of uh, news from Turkey. This isn't about a shopping mall anymore, is not, it? Not anymore. This is. I think it's going towards something political, and uh, suppression has come to a certain level where people are fed up with this. Uh, so we're going to try to change this. Tonight is going to be a bigger gathering, so we'll see what happens. All right. Honestly, it's really hard to breathe right now without a gas mask. Without a gas mask. The crowds of stone-throwing protesters have gotten worse as the day has progressed. Oh, guys screaming, quick, stop the report. He could be dangerous. A lot of people very angry that the use of tear gas and this police force is being used almost on a weekly basis in Turkey against any public demonstration of dissent. The irony here is that just earlier this week, Istanbul was making its bid to host the 2020 Olympics. Now, it's become... (laughs) The scene of uh, a full day of riots. <laughs> All right. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the reporter? Do you want to be uh, the guy I'm interviewing? What do you want to do? Or do you want to toss to me? I'll be the you're interviewing. Okay. Well, let's see if we can do this. Do you got enough sound effects? So, um, it's, uh, <coughs> so this is not about a shopping mall, is it? No, no, we're sick of all the, the, these horrible people running the government must go. <coughs> Boy, it's hard to even talk with you without a gas mask on. It's just, <coughs> it's just really bad. You're getting used to it because we have this happening every week on a weekly basis. They're throwing the gas at us. Are you angry? <coughs> we are going to take action. <coughs> what kind of action are you going to take? Big meeting tonight. Big meeting. <laughs> Big meeting. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, that was good actually. That was one of our better ones. Uh, yeah, we usually suck at it. <laughs> that was that was one of our better ones. Big meeting tonight. <laughs> what big meeting? <laughs> okay, so I'm pretty convinced. Um, this is this is this has got to be. Look, we've got the CIA in the South. You know, there's, a, there's basically a whole weapons depot as we're flowing through things, you know, weapons, troops, everything into Syria from the north, the north of Syria, the south of Turkey. You know, we've we've got uh, Turkey's way too friendly with Russia. All the Russian pipelines to Europe run through Turkey. This is obvious. This I think I think Erdogan got set up. He's a total idiot. He got suckered in like a real boob. And uh, and Hillary and and now John F. Kerry, every, you know, he even had him, you know, like, oh, go hang out, yeah, oh, we're friends of Syria and uh, whatever. And meanwhile, it's all just to make this happen. So we had and, and we got this huge ruckus, and it's going to be unfriendly for Russian gas. You watch, uh, put it in the red book, gas pipelines explosions. Put it in the red book. I guarantee you that's what's coming next. Big explosions. They may not even say it was a pipeline, but we'll look at the map and it'll be, you know, and by the way, like I was right about Waziristan, you, you never heard of that name before, uh, and you heard it on the best podcast in the universe, and now that's where everyone's getting droned every day is in Waziristan, because that's where the pipeline runs. So that's what's going to happen. We've got, you know, the Mediterranean gas, we've got, you know, with Israel, we've got stuff coming in from Baku, way up north. This is disruption of the Russian business. That's that's the way I see it. Yeah, that would make sense. And also, I, I thought that CNN guy, by the way, he got the same report basically out with a little more drama. I actually admire that as opposed yes, to the yes. boring El Jazeera report. Yeah. But he did mention that one thing about the this these Olympic game deals are a big deal. And he meant nobody else reported on that. But I would suspect that there's some angle there to a minor one, but you might as well bump them from the Olympic Games while we're at it. Oh, of course. Get Well, you know, the whole European thing, that was just the, the little, um, uh, what do you call it, the little carrot in the stick. Yeah, don't you want to be a member of the Europe? Don't you want to be a member? And by the way, they should be beneficial. <laughs> we have big meeting. <laughs> All right. So I I've been follow I follow a couple of shows that kind of went back to back, which I thought were fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nova, which is the science show, had Manhunt, well, Boston this, Bomber. Now you remember that I I watched this whole thing and we talked about it on the previous show, right? Yeah, but I didn't I didn't have clips. I had a clip. Yeah, but what was your clip? My clip was that they had no video of the guys doing it. Oh yeah, no, no. This is different. No, this is so. What you did very good is you went and you you basically got the crux of the story, which is facial recognition. It's great. It's coming. It's here. It's in your living yeah. room. It's how we're going to live right. from now on. Yeah, and it's bullshit too. By the way, <laughs> now that was backed up by a front line, which was really interesting. And people, I don't care about the Nova show. Nobody has to watch it. But the front line, which followed it. Uh, called Top Secret America is a must watch for every listener of No Agenda. Okay. It's really good, and actually, it finally it it, it, it concluded that the two shows kind of concluded about the the capture. The the front line concluded with a slightly different conclusion. 
uh, about the same event. But there was a couple things that, like, you went over the Obama thing, and I went over this Nova thing and listened to it because I didn't hear it. The first, okay, the first no, no, time. this is very good. Very and good. now we have a couple of interesting things that showed up. I just want to make sure that you had done had, didn't have Alzheimer's or something. No, no. Okay, good. It was a, we didn't discuss it in any detail. No, no, we didn't. Uh, the one thing I want to start with, though, is this. It's a long clip, it's the longest of the group, but it's another another contradictory description of the capture or of the guy or of the shootout. Remember the shootout where the one brother comes out blazing guns and there's some million <laughs> shots and they're throwing bombs. Yeah. And- yeah, no, he had a pressure cooker bomb. He had two Glocks. He's firing like uh, like Neo, yeah. like Neo in the, in the Matrix. Right, and they gunned him down, and the other brother took off. And he and drove so- over him. Drove over him somehow. Now, if you listen to this description, which is the same <laughs> basic thing with more description, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. Are running back and forth. If there is any doubt that the carjackers and the bombers are the same men, it quickly evaporates when the suspects begin throwing explosives at the police. They have explosives. I forgot. We got <laughs> forgot about the proof of the radio voice. And by the way, they're in between the houses now. <laughs> yeah, they're in between the houses now. Okay, just you actually should interrupt it every so often because there's so much bullcrap in this report. The residents in this densely packed neighborhood are petrified. They're still shooting. Oh my god. My guess would be 300 rounds went off. It was scary. It was terrifying. 300 rounds! 300 rounds? <laughs> okay. They were shaking. Two more blasts went off. <laughs> the last one being the largest really lit up the neighborhood with an orange glow. There was white smoke. What? That explosion was another pressure cooker bomb. <laughs> but they also hurled smaller, yet still very lethal explosives. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That was another pressure cooker bomb. There, there, no one, there's no evidence of putting another pressure cooker bomb going off. This, is, this gets worse. to be pipe bombs. Pipe bombs? In this device, <laughs> the pipe itself acts as shrapnel. And the tightly packed gunpowder leads to a powerful explosion. We might have to evacuate. Eventually, the suspects run out of firepower. And suddenly, the first suspect starts running out towards the police, cuts across the street, was taken to the ground. The police had their foot over him, and that's when I heard one officer who was pointing the gun at him say, You f- move, I'll f- blow your head off. That's when the Mercedes took off. He gunned it. You saw the bump. When he ran over the guy. Who's this talking? I don't, I don't even remember this in the show. No, no, this so is tired. another guy that, that was that was that no. this is like the final analysis. No. Now, first of all, let's let's get this straight. The one brother's on the ground with a guy and his foot on his head. Yes. And he says, If you fucking move, I'm gonna blow your head off. And then he says, All right, I'm getting in the car. No, no, he stays <laughs> on the ground. His, no, his brother, brother gets, gets in, in the, the car. car. And then runs over him without obviously running over the guy's foot. No, of course not. And the guy has a gun, and without the guy even shooting at the car, running over the guy on the ground, <laughs> after shooting 300 rounds randomly in the air, they can't shoot at this guy who's apparently now two feet from the officer as in the car, driving over his brother. Does this make any sense to you? 
in, in the remotest of, of Jupiterian kinds of logic? Jupiterian, eh? I'm sorry you used that. Uh, I like that. But that's that's almost is, as bad as any is who. That it was – the story, again, let's just go over this. The guy's got his foot on the guy's head, telling him not to move. The brother jumps in the car, and I guess they're paying no attention so, to him. So somebody and, moved. And the car must be uh, – well, he's not talking to that brother, the brother running No, I know, but, but still, I mean, he was right there apparently. Yeah, he's right there, but they didn't care about him. He jumps in the car, then runs over his brother, which means he's one foot away from the cop who has his foot on the guy's head. How come there's not tons of video of these huge explosions, and how come we don't have blast well, sites to they, look at? They, 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 hey, post-production's been taking a little longer than they'd hoped. Well, you know, the, the whole post-production industry is, is just tits up. Yeah, it's just it's no more money. Anyway, it. so this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And it did, but Nova, I don't know what happened to this show. They just bought everything hook, line, and sinker. It's Jenny Let's, Jardin's boyfriend. Right. That's right. You mentioned that last show. The Okay, here's the other one that got me that that was an eye. All these are eye rollers, but this one here really got me. This is the guy in the boat clip. And this is where the, <laughs> the first they spot the guy with some bull crap uh, infrared device hanging from a helicopter that they're flying all over the place. Which is forward-looking infrared, which is like, you know, this has been around for two decades. This is yeah, nothing it's old new. and it's, yeah. it's useless. Yeah. But they apparently, if you know exactly what they're... So meanwhile, we get this discrepant report and they have to explain it away because it won't go through a, a canvas uh, so that boat was covered with a canvas. It wouldn't have really spotted the guy in there like it did. So they've changed the story... And listen to this play. Odd in the backyard. I just got a 911 call from uh, a lady basically stating that uh, she has a boat stored out in her backyard and there was some blood on the canvas. <laughs> you really don't have your hopes up. You know, I wasn't really expecting too much, but uh, as soon as we got on scene, we uh, came up over the neighborhood. And uh, Eric uh, saw the boat sitting in the backyard, and I just swung the flare over to it. Flare. And uh, it was covered with a shrink wrap, not a canvas. Shrink wrap. The thin plastic shrink wrap was not enough to obscure an infrared image beneath. I got a perfect picture. I got incredible detail. I knew right away, you know, that it was definitely somebody in the boat. They were actually looking at us as we flew over. <laughs> detected a little bit of movement. Uh, his body is uh, headed towards the uh, back of the boat. He's lying uh, on the side of that fence. Technology. Yeah, John, uh, I got a perfect view of him here. It was just fantastic. I mean, the floor, I saw it over to the left. I lit him up in the midnight sun. I said, that's that bitch. He's hiding there right behind that uh, transparent. It's like a saran wrap that he's got around him. Uh, we had him all there, uh, John. This is just, we are weak. We are the kings. We rock. You can't hide, bitch. We will have you. So, uh, okay, so we saw pictures of the thing. It was a, It was white something or other it wasn't a clear whatever this guy said <laughs> yeah. looking up at us yeah <laughs> okay so that's okay we're, we're, i can we're, see the lights of his eyes so then we have so then they go on with this other interesting little thing and i didn't realize until i, I clipped this that let me let me get this straight play the facial recognition bullcrap story uh about how this one guy who I think and the guy just sounds like he's full of crap when you hear it at the very end we say oh no we've, we've got this this science, down to a science they got one image of the of the of the one brother the younger one 
and it's just a bunch of pixels and you know the kind of thing that enhance on CSI <laughs> they would do, right? <laughs> all right, uh, turn the floor around. All right, zoom in, rotate, enhance. Damn it, damn it, it's a go car. So they go through this process where they say artificial intelligence is the same as machine learning, and they they Skip make logic. a bunch of botches. Listen to this. <laughs> Tell me what, if you can find a million flaws in this Carnegie uh, Mellon operation. This, I bet this is uh, this is a boing boing level of uh, technology analysis, right? Worse. Back at Carnegie Mellon, Mario Savitas continues his facial recognition experiment, mm. which is totally dependent on big data. Oh, big data. <laughs> With Johar Sarnayev identified and high-resolution photos now widely available, Savitas decides to test his facial reconstruction of suspect number two. Mm. <laughs> it is based on this extremely blurry shot and is generated using the artificial intelligence technique called machine learning. <laughs> and through some skip logic that we reverse translucerized, we all of a sudden had a very clear image. He compares it to a database of a million faces. I have I've seen a million faces in my database. Including this high-res picture of the younger Sarnayev. Okay, stop there. So... This is the picture that's been going around of the guy. It's a picture of is that it, it it's a high res picture of him against a white background. Oh. We've seen this picture. Yeah. I've never figured out or, or or have heard where this picture came, came from, from to begin with. Mm -hmm. Well, from the, I thought it was an after the from, fact picture. It came from human resources. It's a it's a why why does this picture exist? But anyway, so they put this picture into the database. giant database of a <laughs> million faces and it, <laughs> Play it out. After factoring out women. <laughs> Why? He had long hair. He could have been in there. Non-whites. Uh-huh. Facial hair. Uh-huh. And people over 25. It's Al Sharpton. He gets this result. The real photo of Johar ranks number 20 in the list of possible matches. Our work is at infancy, but we're still blown away on how it works. This wasn't a random face. This actually fit the Boston suspect. So that was huge. So did they, you know, the thing that it's I... Bullcrap! Total bullcrap. The thing that I found interesting is the picture that we've really seen is the one where he's walking away from the explosion yeah. wearing a backpack. Which I've never, right. it's never been explained to me that. No, nothing's been explained. <laughs> it's like, I, I have a little clip to interject real quickly. Okay. Um, I can only have one more on the Nova thing and then you'll, uh, which you'll be amazed. Let's play your last one, then I'll, then I'll, tra okay, I'll then, transition. Okay, this is you. the end of the show where they captured him. Mm, yeah. And, but th this is another just hilarious thing. They think he's got a bunch of weapons. Some guy fires randomly. And then they let go with a barrage at this poor boat. And, you know, they're just peppering this thing. They still can't kill him. And I, all I can think of, every time I s hear these reports about how they had fired 300 rounds and the guy runs over his brother right in front of a cop, apparently holding his head down on the ground, uh, and all this, all I can think about is the Keystone Cops. Now, <laughs> but this is, by the way, in the Frontline Report, it handles this a lot what, differently. Why, why are you such a non-believer, John? What is wrong with you? Because I've seen the Keystone Cops movies. <laughs> is that Buster Keaton? No, no, that's no. It was the same studio, though. Uh -huh. Max Senate. Right. All right, do it. All right, play play it out. All non 
Fittingly, they are led by Boston Police Superintendent Bill Evans. He has little doubt who is inside the boat. Oh! Johar Sarnaya. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's no doubt at all. I saw There's his... no doubt, and why is it fittingly? Why is it fitting? Fittingly? What was it? What's fitting about it? <laughs> the man with the white cap. He also assumes he is heavily armed. Previously had pipe bombs. You could see the, the whites of his eyes. Couldn't you see that if he was armed or not? Well, the helicopter guys could see him looking up and they could see if there's anything in there. Yeah, they could see everything. You see him smiling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess they did. The didn't. man with the white cap. He also assumes he is heavily armed. Previously had pipe bombs. He had guns. Our biggest concern was given the weaponry he had, we didn't want to move in until it was safe to do so. <laughs> <laughs> then someone fires a shot, which quickly leads to a barrage of gunfire. <laughs> I don't know what triggered the shot, but this was a dangerous guy in there. No one knew what he had. Everybody hold fire. Hold your fire. I was screaming for everyone to hold their fire. <laughs> Okay, hold on a second. After Stop. A tense so here's the, here's the question I have. What were they shooting at? You got a bunch of cops. You got a thousand cops around in this boat. And one guy fires a shot for some stupid reason because they can't control his, their people. Yeah. And they all open fire yeah. on what? What are they shooting at? Do they have anything. a body? Is a guy standing anything. there? Who cares? What just, are they shooting at? Just anything. Just in that general direction. They're just shooting like <laughs> maniacs. Uh, this is horrible. And Yes. And you know what? This is what I find amazing. So th there must have been a uh, hundred rounds at least, probably more. N you know, not a just not a single bullet hole in any other person's house, window, anything. Were there was it even live ammo in this script? I'm wondering because it seems to me that they would have torn up the place. But the only I've seen the cops aren't shooting twenty twos. The only the report I've seen of someone who had. I've only seen one, and that was where they, you know, the 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 brother drove over the brother, and the, you know, the, over there with the the explosion and the huge uh, pipe bombs, and everything's going off. There was one report of one person who showed one bullet hole that went through his window into his chair. That's it. You just gotta wonder. Three hundred rounds. There's got to be a lot of damage. No, no, it's certainly not reported on. Let's put it that way. There's been no report. I, and I think it would be a very interesting report. Maybe the Boston police are only outfitted with blanks. Yeah, maybe they don't know. They apparently right. can't control themselves. Standoff that lasts nearly three hours. The 19-year-old... Three emerges. hours! Unarmed. <laughs> He's unarmed! <laughs> the SWAT team rushes in. Suspect in custody. Nobody is coming to the perimeter. It's still a hot scene. The manhunt is over. Did you hear what he said? Okay, this is proof now. All right, I'm going to roll that back. Okay. Now listen very, very closely, because I've heard this, and I'll tell you where I've heard it before. Nobody is coming to the perimeter. It's still a hot scene. Okay, did you hear what he said? I'll Nobody repeat it. Okay. Nobody's to come within the perimeter. It's still a hot scene. It's, it's a hot scene. Uh, hot scene five, take 22. This is a fucking movie, John. <laughs> it's a hot scene. Don't come within the perimeter. Come on, man. The SWAT team rushes in. Suspect in custody. Nobody is to come in the perimeter. It's still a hot scene. 
the manhunt is over. Good evening. The tweet just came from the Boston police, and it reads in all caps, captured. The hunt is over. Suspect in custody. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so uh, here's a a funny little clip. Now, remember, two of the guys on the FBI who um, who were part of this uh, capture fell out of a helicopter, they were repelling, and something went wrong, but they were dead when they hit the water. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the way, you know... Why to, were they repelling into the water in the first place? It's, it's uh, exercise. Are they Navy practice. SEALs? They're FBI. It doesn't make sense. No, these are elite. 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 If someone ever gives you the title elite law enforcement, you got a target on your head. It's like the SEALs. The SEALs, you know, they go and they kill bin Laden, <clears throat> and then they die. So this is how it goes. So I don't know if this is one of the two guys who's dead, uh, but this is a, and this came to me. Someone <clears throat> showed this to me. I could not believe it. This is Anderson Pooper, who had a number of the elite FBI agents, and one of them really says something wrong. Uh, now, what is your understanding about uh, Johar and his throat that he couldn't talk? What was your understanding about that? I heard several different stories. I heard one. Well, uh, the one I th- remember now. I mean, I, there's. I know. I mean, he probably got shot in the throat while they were gunning. Where these guys are shooting at that boat like maniacs. Uh, there, but there's two stories. One was he was injured in the f- battle where he jumped in the car and ran over his brother, mm-hmm. which was still again that whole scene makes zero sense right and the other one was that he tried to kill himself uh by doing what by shooting himself in the throat there's a report that he was shot in the throat but unclear whether that was self-inflicted whether right. or at what point that I, could you tell that i did see a throat injury to me it looks uh, more like a, a knife wound uh, it wasn't a puncture hole it was a slice where the where it was spread open <laughs> oh Gee, don't get in a helicopter after telling everybody that. This is one of the guys who was there. He said it wasn't a gunshot wound, it was sliced. Huh. Uh-huh. And he's dead? Well, that's why I don't know if he's one of the two that's dead, but... Well, they don't give us a lot of details. No, but but just that one piece of video, this is the only video I could find of it, by the way. Um... So this whole thing, this whole show, uh, and I'll take you out. I'm going to transition you into Frontline, okay? Go. But it's, it's taking a little, a little sidestep with a little bit of fun. Um, this report came out of Florida. The intention was to give parents an added level of security. Instead, a new program rolled out by Polk County Schools triggered questions and outrage. Yeah, she came home from school and said that they were doing eye scans on the bus. <laughs> I thought that was a little unusual since nobody notified us. So, <laughs> there's these kids who like, yeah, we have like a retinal scanner coming on the bus. Stanley introduced. This is all a part of it. That's why I wanted to transition you into this. It's called the eye swipe. This video on the company. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. I mean, why don't you just call it ass wipe? No, we call it eye swipe. Okay. This website shows how the biometric screening system works. The district decided to try it out on a trial basis on about 17 buses at a few schools schools in the Haines City area. Parents would get text alerts when their child gets on and off a bus. The problem? No one explained it to parents like Dennis Delaney. No note, no letter, nothing. The district planned to send out this letter that explains how it works and gives the option for parents to opt out. Okay, so uh, I'll stop the report there. You can listen to the whole report in the show notes, 518.nashownotes.com. The point is, 
that this report does not talk about the the insanity of doing retinal scans on your children as so they took tweets if they got on and off the bus, which I guess is just to make you more afraid and make the children afraid and just make you enslaved and get ready because that's what work is going to be like. Oh, oh, let me get it. Oh, the boss here. Oh, I didn't get a tweet that you came into work. It's slave training. Um, but what I wanted to point out here is that the wonderful TED conference, TED, you know, the elitist TED, they actually had the uh, chief strategist for iLock, that's the name of this company, speak at TED. Because Ted is one big commercial circle jerk. How is this possible? <laughs> Simply said, the eye is an incredibly complex organ. Oh, and I, I'd like to point out, he's doing a commercial for iLock. The black dot that's in the center of our eye is called the pupil. The colored area around the edges is called the iris. Oh, and all these people don't know that. Do you want to hear his pitch, how he actually pitches that this is so necessary? I, I'm flabbergasted that he's, is he talking to fourth graders? <laughs> oh, but he's he's a marketing guy. So, yeah, he's talking to fourth graders. He's a marketing guy. You've got to hear his pitch. Now, if you needed to pitch the fact that we have, that we have to have retinal scans, what in your wildest dreams could you come up with that would make a TED audience give you an ovation because you're so awesome that you presented this commercial. Oh, just play it. I can't imagine. <laughs> so uh, at the beginning, I have to set it up with a little bit. At the beginning, he says that cyber crime and theft because of passwords uh, being stolen equals $210 billion. That's his whole setup. And he has like $210 billion. So now he's going to pitch retinal scans to the, to the TED audience. The magic of our eye is that every single one of us and every single one of our eyes is a unique combination of lines, dots, and colors. And here comes the edit. Here we go. Utopian or dystopian outcomes rest squarely with our ability to balance the needs for security with those of convenience and civil liberties mm -hmm. and privacy mm -hmm. and control. Uh-huh. This is an important discussion that must take place. Uh, Dialogue is incredibly important because the stakes are so high. Here we go. Back to imagining that $210 billion of losses that took place last year in the globe based on identity-related crimes. $210 billion is a really tough number to get your head around. But to put it in a little bit more simple terms... That's like feeding 35 million families for a year. <laughs> As you're walking around over the next few days, imagine this, that 35 million families is in essence one of every eight people that you see over the next course of the days you could feed for a year on $210 billion. If we contributed just 1% of this amount to the Gates Foundation, we could eradicate polio from the planet forever. <laughs> It took Let me just make sure I got it. G to do retinal scans, eradicate polio from the planet. <laughs> Even I couldn't come up with that. The Dvorak Consulting Group no, no, pales we are, we're, in comparison. We couldn't come up with that because it's crap. 
took us less than $25 billion <laughs> to land a man on the moon. Oh, we could do a retinal scan, land a man on the moon. <laughs> this is the challenge for our generation. Oh. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. End identity crimes and step it up. End identity crimes and step it up and save people from polio. And this was Ted. Ted. This must have been a TEDx. Of course. But it sounds better if I just vilify the whole TED brand. Well, they, they shouldn't put up. They, they, this was just a commercial. Yeah. And it should be taken. Who goes to these <clears throat> things? I mean, it costs 8500 bucks to go to one of the TED things. Well, not the TEDx. The TEDx is free, I think. No, I think you still have to pay to get in. It's it's moronic is what it is. Moronic, I tell you. Just moronic. It's crazy. Well, it is crazy. Oh, okay. So now, uh, should we take a break and then get into front line? What do you think? Uh, yeah, we should go to front line. Front line, this one is about, it's interesting. It's called Top Secret America. And it talks about how we've turned the country into a secret government. Well, we have and three million people. The, with... One of the best outlines of it I've ever seen. It's a, I'm telling you, hmm. everyone out there has to watch this whole show. Well, the, well let, wait, 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 no. Stop. Let's do something professional. Let's tease it, and we'll do it right after the break. Yeah. Right? Next. <laughs> John C. Dvorak. Sorry. Next. All right, do it again. Next on No Agenda. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Then let me finish my tease. <laughs> Raymond Rojo, I want to thank a bunch of people who yeah. helped us produce this show yeah. for 518. Yes. Raymond Rojo in Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, 140. Call me Raymond Rojo. All right, Raymond my Rojo. My brother's, uh, 517 is my brother's birthday. Check the list. So 517, you said you are blowing your nose, and I was. Hold on a second. Um, who? Yeah, Rojo, yes. He was blowing his nose. Yeah, there you have it. Proof. Fact. It was creepy. Like Adam could hear what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Maybe he can. Mm -hmm. He reminds me when there's an unemployed slave in Canada when Kretschian talked about the lazy people on unemployment insurance sitting with their feet up drinking beer. It made me spit out my beer because <laughs> I thought the guy could see through the TV. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Uh, Carl Barron, $124.07. Uh, he's in Cambodia, uh, where he's located the outfit that faked the moon landings. Oh, he's, send pictures. And he's now a baronet, he claims. Okay. <coughs> so we'll give him that. Uh, Alan Cavado third in Richmond, Virginia. Nice little town, by the way. Nice museum. Mm -hmm. uh, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, he wants us to read. Do not read this on the air. <laughs> Paleo Bessa, $100. Uh, she's the Chilean guy. It's a Chilean. Chilean. Uh, it's to commemorate the birth of his new human resource on the f 31st. Uh, I need some Hello Citizen Karma LGY if you can do that. Yes. Um, I was just thinking now that um, uh, Eric the Shield has taken over, does this mean that all the notes I forwarded to Buzzkill Jr. didn't make it? Stuff that... that uh, Buzzkill Jr. says he forwarded him to Eric. Okay. All right. Uh, so what does he want? Uh, hey, Citizen Karma LGY? Was that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Citizen. You've got Karma. Yay! All right. Now everyone will also get a Karma at the end. Yeah. Uh, Robert Montoya, Pleasant Hill, California, $100. Stephen Arnold in Louisville, Kentucky, 
hundred dollars. Uh, Brian Rogers in Newton, New Jersey, seventy oh seven. What's is the number? We haven't seen too much. And now we go to John Haller. Sixty nine. Sixty nine, dudes. Uh, John Haller in Missoula, Montana, sixty nine, sixty nine, and all these rest are be sixty nine, sixty nine from Robert Frost in Wooddale, Illinois. Kent O'Rourke in Frostburg, Maryland. P. Bo. Pim from Maastricht. Very good. Uh, he says uh, he says to screw you, Adam, for overusing the rain stick. <laughs> you know, it rained last night again here in Austin. That thing is just crazy. You know no. what? I'm actually I'm going to get it. Again. Okay, well, anyway, that's the end of the segment. Oh. Hello. Oh, hello. 69, 69. Rain stick, rain stick. Here you go. Joaquim Fornala, Fornalas, Fornalas, 6666. Michael Sabres in Danville, Pennsylvania, 6167. Hey, I don't think he, he's not on the list here, I don't think. on the but, There's a birthday Sabres? thing here. Yeah, it said happy birthday to Mike Sabres from his girls. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, we'll put him on the list. Yeah. Okay, I will. Kwong Lu, Santa Ana, California, 60. Ra, Ra, Raleigh Ra, Rakama, uh, parts unknown, 5959. Pete Tangi, Tangni, in Randolph, Massachusetts, 5510. Uh, PayPal, <laughs> PayPal sent us $55. <laughs> Woo! Win! Um, Jeffrey Fitch, <laughs> Windermere, Florida, 5150. David McLean, Cuba, Missouri, $50.01. David Trotsky, Romeoville, Illinois, 50 Greg Brunsell, Kenosha, Kenosha, Wisconsin, 50 Hollow Walker, Parts Unknown, and Matthew Parker, Parts Unknown, 50 each. Thomas of Cheyenne, Wyoming, 50 And uh, that'll conclude our list of donors for show uh, 518. Wow, it goes by quick these days. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, nice. I, could, I I was I was not expecting it to rain last night. It was it was not so. Uh, it's June. I think you know that's a land where they I remember when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. There were parts of the country where it would get really hot. Yeah. And then it would rain and all the windshields would crack. <laughs> yeah, that can happen. Yeah. Here we have the <clears throat> the dreaded <clears throat> Excuse me, the dreaded uh, uh, golf ball size hail. Oh, yeah, I've never seen golf. I've heard of it. Yeah. I've seen big hail, but I've never seen. And I've heard of softball size hail. You know, and what are you supposed to do when, the, when, when, it start, when it starts to hail like that? You go outside and soak it up. <laughs> yes, with a blanket to put on your car. Oh, is that the idea? If you don't, yeah, if you don't put a blanket on your car, you're going to have a very sad-looking car. <laughs> it gets all dented up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's really bad. And we don't have a, a garage, a garage. Uh, most people in the Travis Heights area don't have a garage. It's not a very common thing here, fortunately. That's weird. Uh, well, it's old homes. They had uh, horses. When this was built in 1917. Well, That's how- your, okay, well, then put your car in the horse barn. <laughs> That's the neighbor's. <laughs> the horse barn is now the neighbor's house. Oh, okay. It doesn't work that way anymore. Um, okay, well, if you uh, appreciate the work that has been done here and the work that continues to um, to be done, we call it our value-for-value value model. Um, I'd like to give everyone who uh, donated, including our um, our regular subscribers, if you don't have a subscription, this is something that you should consider doing is getting one of the uh, 11, 11, 12, 12, 13, 13s, the 20s, the 33s. We have a number of them. Go to the website. Dvorak.org. 
slash N-A. And here's a karma for everybody who uh, supported us. You've got karma. No commercials. And let's face it, there's no way we could do commercials and do this program, which is simple. If you want to keep it on the air, then you continue to support us. And we really appreciate everything that everyone has done. I think I got the list here. It's not that long. Raymond Royo congratulates his brother. He celebrates uh, celebrated on the 17th. Guess we uh, a little slow on that one. And happy birthday to Mike Sabers from his girls and from your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. It's your birthday, yeah. And then we have um, so uh, oh, this is interesting. What happened to our Niner night? Did did that not come through or? Uh, I don't know. Because I, I had. We have a Niner night, right? Well, okay. Did you see the second spreadsheet? The second one came in. This is the second one, I think. Oh, but well, it, maybe but, he's got it in another note. But he, but he wasn't on the list. He wasn't in the spreadsheet either. That's my point. Oh, he's the one who sent something into the post office box. Oh, okay. And he, and, and, I, and he says it showed up. I went to get the. I always get the mail on Saturdays. Right. And it was there was no. All the donations were machine generated. There wasn't okay. A, well, so, so, so then we'll do them on Thursday. Yeah, we'll do them on Thursday. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He asked if he could be uh, if there was such a thing as a, a a niner night, and I said I don't know. I don't think so. But of course, you know, it turns out there was. I don't know. But if you, if you do nine 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 or nine or nine or nine nine nine, yeah, I'll kick in the buck for sure. Uh, but we do it's not have, like kicking a penny. But now you're kicking in a buck. I, well, it's depression time, John. It's crisis, my friend. We got to take whatever we can get. Don't you think? Yeah, it's depression time. I agree. Okay. So let's, uh, we do have one, uh, one nighting here. This would we be. We also have uh, a baronetting. No. The, mm, but it's yeah. not, no, you're right. Nighting, baronet you just mentioned. Right. Go, go. Listen, Mr. Mr. Secretary of Peerage, what are you going to get your crap together on this and, and tell me what to do? Well, do what you're doing. You're, right. you're fine. You're doing good. Okay. Ow, ow, ow. I'm going to hurt yourself. <laughs> Trevor Chapman, step forward, my friend, and thank you so much for your very generous support of the best podcast in the universe, as you are not only the exclusive member of the 518 Club, you are also the executive producer, and today we are very proud to welcome you to the round table. We hereby pronounce the Trevor Chapman, Sir Ratneff. Night of the No Agenda Roundtable for you, sir. We have uh, quite an illustrious set of hookers and blow, rampoys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, long-haired heavy metal guys and scotch, wenches and beer, rubenesque women and rosé, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, mutton and mead, and breast milk and pablum. I think I should take breast milk and pablum off the list. What do you think? It's a little oh, weird. Oh, yeah, well, it's only if you get another uh, young knight. It's a little weird. Like a baby. Yeah, okay. I'm, uh, we'll take that off the list. Uh, so, uh, now you've admitted it. Yeah, no, I'm admitting it. Of course. I, I can't. Yeah, you always say, oh, no, I just keep it in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's all in my yeah, head. That's yeah. what I thought. I all knew, in my I head. Knew it all along. Oh, 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 Are you certain of your sensory? Definitely a space vessel of some type. Origin? Unknown. Could hardly be an Earthship. There have been no flights into this sector for years. I'm picking up a signal, sir. Captain, that's the old Morse code call signal. Thank you. (laughs) 
CQ? CQ? We're reading it, Lieutenant. <laughs> I thought you said it couldn't possibly be an Earth vessel. I understand why it always gives you pleasure to see me proven wrong. An emotional Earth weakness of mine. I just love hearing CQ, CQ on Star Trek. <laughs> All right, second half of show. Um, before we get into your frontline uh, serious, clip, serious business. Way. Yeah, isn't that cool? Thank you. Uh, Citizen X, I think, sent me that. Bill Clinton, according to the uh, to the Hollywood Street King, this is uh, a Jackie Jasper, the Hollywood the Hollywood Street King. He's one of my sources. Uh, Bill Clinton fathered a love child with a hooker, and that ho- <laughs> Hillary? No, Bill. And his name is Danny Lee Williams, and uh, he now wants to meet Bill. <laughs> he says, "I hear, I hear that he's not doing so well. He's got like uh, here, he's got suffering from Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease and uh, heart disease. So I'd like to say hi, Danny Dad. Is? No, no. He says, Bill. Oh, he's, yeah, he says. So Danny says, I'd like to say hi, Dad, before he dies. I'd also like to have a relationship with Chelsea. She's my half sister. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that." <laughs> So when you, do you think it would wind up dead in the next weeks or the month? Ahead? <laughs> it, won't, it won't take long. It's not going to take Car long. accident? I think car accident. <laughs> and then uh, I wanted to send out, and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of torn about this, but I think in a way I should send out a douchebag to Jimmy Iovine. Hey, you, out of the street. Don't you realize you're douchebagging? Uh, Jimmy Iovine, uh, known from uh, Interscope Records, and also didn't he buy Beats? I think he. I'm going to do a little no agenda tech news here. Didn't he do Beats? The, the didn't he buy the headphones with Dre? I think he did. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know about Beats? You don't know about Beats? Those overpriced headsets? Yes. Yeah, I know about it, but <laughs> yeah. it's like, why, why would I give a shit? Well, because it's a huge business, and it's, it's. I think it's phenomenal if you can take a pair of headsets, price them, overprice them, and sell them, and everyone wants them. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. It's called a con game, huh. but so, you can call it a business if you want to. So um, he he is now coming out with this thing called Daisy, and he says Daisy is uh, what we're missing. What DJs used to do, radio disc jockeys. He says, there's an ocean of music out there, and there's absolutely no curation for it. But he says that with with algorithms, <laughs> with these secret algorithms that... Uh, Skip logic. Yes, the Daisy can program your iPod better than any, any disc jockey ever could. So uh, this, of course, makes me immediately want to go do another Daily Source Code, because like that is a lost art. You should do another Dvorak interlude. If you uh, that's illegal. Well, there's that. Does that mean we stop? I'm not risking the show, the no agenda show, uh, bottom line to just on a lark. So I should I shouldn't do it either. Right. Really. Well, you can play pod save stuff. Most of it sucks. <laughs> yes, but you can find good stuff in there. That would be kind of a benefit to people. I do have an idea for a new show, though. I, I, it finally came to me yesterday as uh, as I was handing $5 to the dude with the bucket of harmonicas at the, uh, the at the market. He had a bucket of harmonicas? Yeah, that's the dude who plays the steel guitar and the harmonicas. Yeah. I keep telling him, hey, man, you should meet this buddy of mine. He's a wizard on, on the mouth harp. 
Um, and I'm thinking maybe I do a show with uh, street musicians, and Ooh. right, and then so you know I bring them in, I, I and then we basically take donations and I split it with each musician, and you know we'll, we'll do a couple songs or record it. I'll talk about their life because I just talking to them for like three seconds. It was interesting. You're like, hey man, thanks for you always supporting me. I said, yeah. I, I've got a thought. What? Okay. This would be ideal for one of our stall. Uh, we, we, you know, you're going to be. We're going to miss two shows, maybe four. <laughs> Why Cause, four? Because there's two weeks that you're on vacation I'm not in miss Europe. Four. I'm only going to miss two. What are you talking about four? Well, I'd say it's possible that if we can put together something like this and use them as filler. <laughs> you mean like <laughs> for the missing like, show? You mean like hamburger helper? No, there's no help. This is all good stuff. Filler. Filler. What? This is not. Well, it's kind of. Well, it's not the show. Well, wait, hold the show on. Hold on a second. People yakking at each other and trying to find better clips. Of the How other guy. come all of a sudden we decided that I was going to make the filler? No, I'm going to do one, too. What are you going to do? I don't know yet. I'm going to do interviews. I'm going to interview a bunch of people. I get, I'm get. i on some weird mailing list mm-hmm. that is uh, from some um, PR company. And every apparently every book that comes out, I have the opportunity to interview the person who wrote it. And th- we're talking about I get maybe ten of these solicitations a day, so I can do a bunch of short little things over Skype. Of course, here's the funny irony of all this: American Americans in general, except for the tech community, they don't even know what Skype is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's astonishing to me. Let alone something like Google Voice. So. So this guy, let me tell you why I think this will be an interesting show. So he, he hands me a CD, which he burned himself. Um, and he, it was kind of cool. He, he did like little... Uh, he, he, he burned himself? Yeah, so it's not like a produced oh, I CD. Oh, he burned himself. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a home burner. Um, and, and his music is very interesting. But just talking to him for five seconds, it was like... I was like, so are you from Austin? No, man. I was just driving through and my bike broke down. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, this is great. <laughs> my bike broke down, but then I met this girl and, you know, like, she's really, she's a keeper. So here I am. And I'm playing this song for you. And he's got I the. I wrote a song about it. He's, but he's kind of like. He, he I sounds like a surfer. So I want to try him. And then also there's the, the fiddle girl. I think she'd be really cool. The girl who plays the fiddle. Um, and, she's, and she's just also, she's cute. And then maybe I get uh, producer Mike Malaro, uh, who's always doing amazing song. And we, but I just have a little you know, amazing, get... amazing. So you think it's a good idea? Yeah. Yeah. But the, but now I all of a sudden we should we should we should we should test market it on the No Agenda <laughs> show. Test, okay. I was going to say all of a sudden my new show turned into filler. <laughs> Thanks. My my brilliant idea turns into filler. It's a test market. People go, wow, this is great. We want more of this. Then you can roll it out. Okay, good. So here's a, here's an example of why I get mad. So I mean, I get an email from Robert Pinder, and of course it's addressed to me primarily. I can't stand to hear you propagate this bullshit any longer. John. <laughs> Wait, John. is this the Adam Reese's email segment? Well, it's yeah, but it's fresh. Come on, play the jingle it's, and let's read some emails. It's, it's it's fresh off of the the emails, so oh, okay. Adam's gonna <laughs> read his email. Adam's gonna read his email. Woo! Adam's gonna read his email. On the no agenda show. I wasn't even planning on it, but since you asked. Best. 
I can't stand to hear you propagate this bullshit any longer. John, again, it's Adam's email, but John, you once correctly stated that the Surgeon General designed his own ridiculous uniform. At some point over the past year, you started saying that generals design their own uniforms. This is not true. It is actually difficult to get the powers that be to give a shit about approving or changing the uniform to stay current. My father was career army, then spent a second career in the civil service supporting the army. One of the many things he did in the civil service is shop around uniforms and changes. And he was instrumental in approving the first computer design uniform. Anyway, the generals, like all U.S. military service personnel, follow the uniform regulations. Some choose to influence the uniform design, but for the most part, they have better things to do. And people like my dad determine what the uniform will be. Usually, performance is more important than appearance. Stop spreading bullshit! You know, we had another guy that, that threw this ass a couple of years ago, and then I dug up the regulations. It's not bull crap in the least. It's absolutely true that you, you can read the regulations on what your uniform has to look like, and it says with the exception of generals. Generals can wear whatever they want. In fact, the Navy's got the same thing, and that's why the current Navy four-star guy that's on the chief staff wears this blazer. He, by the way, the Navy guy's got the best out. He's really sharp. And Eisenhower had his – he invented the Eisenhower uniform, which a lot of people – just copied because a lot of it's true. A lot of these guys don't want to design anything; they don't care, and so they'll wear something that Petraeus wears or whatever. That's this is this guy is people who write in with this information. I don't have to go dig this <laughs> up. Why again. do they send Make it to me? Sick. Why do they send it to me? Because they, I have no idea. They, I don't know what. I've, there was another guy who kept giving us stuff. And he said, "That's bull crap. They don't get to design it. They do if they want to, and most and many do want to." And look at the new guy, that, that bald guy that headed the army. That guy, nobody wears that uniform. It's a silly-looking thing. <laughs> All right, a quick uh, couple more emails. Uh, from Richard, producer Richard. Hey, Adam, I was at Walmart today and found some cap gun rolls. Ooh. Are we in the Twilight Zone or something? The price was $3.33. Oh, and he, wow. And he sent a picture to prove it. Thought you'd get a kick out of that. Yes, we certainly did. No Agenda Book Club. This is from uh, one of our producers, Adam. I've written a couple of emails to you already, but never anything important. Just want to say hello again. Listening to the show about a year or so, uh, this is uh, one of our friends who works uh, for NATO in uh, Brussels, which is why I can't mention his name. Um, and he says, the book you want to read is by Howard Zinn, and it's called The People's History of the United States. Please, please, please read this book if you can. It is the most scaring, scary thing you will ever read. So that is on. It's a piece of propaganda. Have you Howard read Howard Zinn is the worst left-wing communist that we've ever had in this country writing history books, and this thing is so slanted. I li- it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's okay. got a lot of great anecdotes that are. So it's like a, let's find every crumb. It's like writing the history of Florida. <laughs> we're using the news it's stories that we get today the about list. the crazy Florida. It's people. off the list. We're no longer reading this book. You can read it. My whole family's read it. I've read it. But it's it's a it's it's a very propagandistic. The writing is propagandistic. The whole thing is a slanted, and it's it's kind of a kind of a it's kind of a it's it make it, it makes you itch a little bit. Uh, here's one from uh, another producer who I cannot name by name. Uh, in re- referring to the uh, operation, uh, was it? And by the way, 
it just kind of galls me that some people cannot re see propaganda for what it is when they see it and then enjoy the product. But to fall all over yourselves because you've read something <laughs> that is written in a propagandistic style is really not good. No. Take some – go back to college. Well, he's a friend of the show. And yeah, I he's know. Hurt there's now. a lot of guys that are friends of the show, and they they do they pull this every once in a while, and it's always it just irks me in some way because it's like, geez, this is what we're trying to teach you not to do. <laughs> well, also, this is good. This is get it all out. Now, on, now remember we up. talked about um, the Jordanian um, war game involving 18 countries. I think it's called Eager Lion 2013. Right. So I got an email. From uh, someone, one of our producers, listener, it was an infantryman in the Army in 2002. I was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, with the 101st Airborne Division. My company was picked as one of the best infantry companies in division, tasked with a special assignment. We were to accompany elements of the 5th Special Operations Group to the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan to provide security for training exercises. As far as I know, none of this is classified information, as I was a private first class, slightly less important than dog poop. Uh, at the time, so I wasn't exactly privy to operational planning. However, I was very observant. Uh, my company and I spent the majority of our time guarding the camps we lived in and guarding the supplies. There seemed to be an awful lot of supplies all contained in connexes that I never really saw opened. It's a very long email, but he basically comes up with the term Operation Early Victor, which was the name of the, oper the uh, war game that was taking place at the time. So if I forward down to... Uh, we were laying the groundwork for the Iraq invasion. They launched many sorties in the shock and awe campaign from the exact same bases we were in in Jordan a couple months earlier. So essentially, he's saying that early victor is the, that uh, Eager Lion is, is the follow-up to uh, early victor and that without doubt, uh, the invasion of Syria will be launched uh, either right after, during, or somewhere in the vicinity of the Eager Lion 2013 war games from Jordan. And if you try and Google Operation Early Victor, good luck. There's nothing known about it. It's, it's, there's only one guy who received a Medal of Honor for being a part of it, but there's no wiki page, no nothing. Huh. Yeah. This is why we're the best podcast in the universe. Um, okay. Hey, Adam, just want to add a suggestion. If John resurrects Cranky Geeks then your show should be called Grumpy Hams. However, I have a real idea. Why don't we do No Agenda Kids? My kid loves your show. He's eight. We have a lot of young listeners. But this is a good idea. We could do No Agenda Kids. Could you imagine how cool that could be? And did you know your teacher is a whore? <laughs> oh, hold on a second. That is... Let me just get a timestamp on that. <laughs> John? Really? <laughs> really? Was that necessary? Well, you totally ruined it. I'm not going to read the uh, the Cowboys and Indians email. I'll save that for uh, for Thursday. I did find out, though, someone sent me an email. You know, I'm not verified on Twitter. 
And I, and you're verified, right? After you bitched and moaned and bitched and moaned, and yeah, I've, well, I've that's done, a squeaky wheel. I've done the same, and they won't verify me. You're and not, you don't bitch and moan enough. Mm, I got first a first time I've heard of it. I got an email that said uh, Kim dot com tweeted this actually. When your Twitter account is subject to an active sealed surveillance warrant, you don't get cert- uh, verified. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. Because your tweets are so, you know, somebody's got to be looking into those. Well, did you did you read the document? The yeah, um, oh, the the Department of Homeland Security document about the keywords. What uh, keywords are you dropping? Oh, this is hilarious. So, oh yeah, no, I, I yeah, I read this. This is great. In fact, I wanted to read it on the show. Definitely do it. Read. Go. Okay. So uh, bringing it up now. I actually, I tweeted a whole bunch of these words yesterday just to, and then made you look. So under Freedom of Information Act, the Department of Homeland Security has been forced to release the list of keywords that they use to monitor social networking sites. So let me tell you, you're all in this database. You're all, you've all been monitored because it's like, this is, this is crazy. And they, they're using TweetDeck as their... As their incredibly sophisticated tool, let me bring it up here. Uh, which category would you like? Domestic security, hazmat, and nuclear. Um, we have I think domestic security is more important. Health concerns. We have uh, there's a couple categories. Hazmat's good. Infrastructure security. Ooh. Southwest border violence. There's a whole. By bit the of- way, using Bing. And Operation Early Victor, I got a, a hit off the globalsecurity.org site that uh-huh. describes the thing in great detail. Oh, really? Great. Send me that link because uh, right. the Googles did not return that. Well, there you have it in a nutshell. Weather, disaster, emergency, terrorism. We just do terrorism. Some words that could get you flying. Terrorism is good. Okay. Terrorism, Al-Qaeda, all spellings. Terror, attack, Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran, Pakistan, agro, environmental, agro. So if you use the word aggro in Pakistan in a tweet, you're going to be on the watch list? I don't think you even need to do them together. Just one or the other is fine. Wow. Environmental terrorist, eco-terrorism, conventional weapon. <laughs> hey, hello, Mohammed. Do you have that conventional weapon? <laughs> do you have that conventional weapon of type 47? Target, weapons grade, dirty bomb, enriched nuclear, chemical weapon, biological weapon, ammonium nitrate. Improvised explosive device, IED, Abu Sayyaf, Hamas, FARC, IRA, ETA, Basque separatists, Hezbollah, Tamil Tigers. ETA? ETA, ETA, yeah, that's the Spanish. Uh, so if you, oh, well, I thought it meant estimated time of arrival. I use it all the time. <laughs> well, if you, do you capitalize it? What's your ETA? Do you well, ca- technically, you should capitalize it because it's an a, it's a uh, acronym. But you don't. But yeah, but the ETA is without dots, without periods, so it's just ETA. You wouldn't put the dot in there. You're trying to save your space on Twitter. <laughs> That's one, two, three, three characters you'd be wasting. PLO, this is not good. Car bomb, jihad, Taliban, weapons cache, suicide bomber, suicide attack, suspicious substance, AQAP, AQIM, TTP, Yemen, pirates. How about them Pittsburgh pirates? Extremism, Somalia, Nigeria, radicals, Al-Shabaab, homegrown, plot, nationalist, recruitment, fundamentalist, Islamist, fundamentalism. This no wonder we spend $18 billion on these idiots. That's 
crazy. But this list, it goes on on a domestic assassination attack, domestic security, drill, exercise, cops. Drill? Cops. Hey, I went to the uh, hardware supply and got that new drill. Oh, hold on a second. You have been flagged. We have you flagged, sir. Um, disaster well, that- assistance. Let's see what else you might use. Police, hostage, deaths, evacuation, shots fired, militia, initiative, maritime domain awareness. How many times you tweet that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Emergency management, first responder, homeland security, gangs. SWAT, standoff, threat, screening, lockdown, bomb, crash, looting, riot, emergency, landing, pipe bomb, incident, facility, gas, spillover, blister agent, chemical agent, chemical, chemical burn, biological, epidemic, toxic, hazmat, nuclear, radiation, plume, cloud. There you go. Cloud. Cloud? Yes. How would you use cloud in a tweet? Yeah, you know, I really think these cloud computing in, uh, initiatives, I could probably work in two or three of these words, uh, suck. Mr. D.C. Borat. Open up the door, Jebediah, now! There you go. The insanity that is the homeland security apparatus. So sad. Just sad. Sad, sad, sad. So anyway, so Frontline had this thing on, I mean, I, again, everyone should watch it. Uh... And so I'm going to play a cut. You ever, you ever heard of this guy, Kofor Black? Yeah. Where does that, why does that name ring a bell? Well, I didn't hear of him before yeah, this. And yeah. by the way, what kind of a name is Kofor? It's like Rance Priebus. <laughs> yeah. It's like exactly. there's people, these males with these crazy names that you, you have to, you have to track down. You should look at, you should look him up on the uh, uh, images so you can see uh, what a dour character he is. Yeah, he was uh, – Kofor Blank's a former CIA official who was appointed ambassador at large and coordinator for counterterrorism by George – No, Bush. no, I've seen him. I've seen him on uh, on like the CNNs or something. Yeah, he's just grim. Yeah, he's he, got he, a downturned mouth. He doesn't look like a happy guy. He's the kind of guy you go, turn that frown upside down. But he uh, – so let's play a little bit of what this front line is about. It's about – Essentially, accusing the U.S. government of going into a top secret mode where everything's a secret and and decisions that we're done, the country is over. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, okay, so it's Thanks. uplifting, is what you're saying? Yeah. So, Kofor Black, play the Kofor Black clip, and we we'll get get into it. Now we've got about five clips. We'll play maybe four, maybe three. And we were gathering bit by bit. It's going to be vital for us to use any means at our disposal to achieve our objective. It really took years to figure out how big it really was. And we were shocked. For Priest, one of the first hints of the secret war was revealed at this congressional hearing. Joint and prior hearing will come to order, please. When I speak, I think the American people need to look into my face. And I want to look the American people in the eye. My name is Kofor Black. Kofor Black was in charge of the CIA's counterterrorism efforts. This is a very highly classified area. All you need to know is that there was a before 9-11 and there was an after 9-11. After 9-11, the gloves come off. Beyond that, Black refused to divulge any details. They just wanted no information out. I think the reality is that they wanted to keep it secret because they were doing things that a lot of people would not approve of. 
and they wanted to do them as long as they could without being found out. Right on. So they go on and on with this thing. And now we have a clip that, which I think was a good one, the Government of Secrets clip, and we'll continue with this, uh, and, and then we'll discuss maybe after one more. For the first time, the White House had approved the building of an international prison system entirely in secret. The amount of secrecy is phenomenal. The desire and the willingness of government to operate in secret and to deny the public, the media, the basic facts about what they were doing was all-inclusive. We were falling deeper and deeper into a secretly run government. And the secrecy was spreading. At the Pentagon by 2002, Donald Rumsfeld was waging his own covert campaign inside the Defense Department. <laughs> I love that guy's voice, by the way. Oh, no, he's got the world's uh, greatest voice. Oh, we man. wouldn't be doing this show if either one of us had that voice. No, we'd be getting laid left and right, dude. <laughs> totally. That guy's voice, yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, go, it, it's hi, really why don't you take shows, off your dress right now? It shows where we started to see the split between CIA and the Defense Department because the CIA was doing all kinds of things. In fact, we'll play the, play the Greystone versus the military clip. And then one more clip after that, and you can you can see that there's there, there's this there's these fights going on between these agencies, and it's it, right, it, which and which we've identified we've identified many times, many times, many times, yeah. and it, it, this show really nails it though with a lot more drama than we've ever been able to put together. That sets in motion a the largest covert action program since the height of the Cold War, and many people inside the agency will say it's even larger than that. Now, basically, in a nanosecond, we're going from where we were staked to the ground like a junkyard dog. You can report, but you can't do anything. To new authorities, new rules of engagement, lots of funding to support this. This is a whole new ball game. Within two weeks in Afghanistan, the first phase of Greystone began. Mm. My team, uh, there were seven officers, including myself and three air crew, flew in on the 26th of September. And when I began to distribute money, uh, $200,000 here, $250,000 for this, <laughs> I think the Afghans were convinced that we, we were sincere. The action was a plan to be classic CIA. It's going to be a multi-pronged threat attack where we work with locals, minimize the American footprint. CIA officers, of course, in Afghanistan, for the first time since, uh, you know, uh, World War II, are involved in battlefields and combat operations, doing things that we hadn't done in 60 years. So I think it's a kind of a shock to the military. The CIA went in right off the bat, hooked up with the Northern Alliance, and it was really quite remarkable what they accomplished with so few people on the ground. It didn't take long for the Taliban to fall. The CIA had demonstrated it could fight effectively in the shadows. We'd like the survivors of 9-11 to know that those of us in the business consider it the CIA's finest hour. We went in to kick ass, and we did. Yeah, th uh, and that was Black as well who was talking there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard him. So I've, I haven't seen this front line, but I've heard him 
with this spiel before where he said it was our finest hour. We yeah. went in to kick ass. We kicked their ass. He kicked yeah, it. He, and, yeah. and after it's that. It's like a competition between him and that bearded yes. guy. Yeah. And then, but then the whole idea and was. And also Richard Clark, Dick Clark, he, the other one. So after that ass kicking, that's when uh, W. Bush did the whole mission accomplished thing. That's that's the right. timeline and, of it. And in the show, exactly. And in the show, they show how Rumsfeld was propagating well, the formula. Of, no, he of was actually, actually he was sick of the CIA taking all this credit because the military needed. Right, the head of the defense right, right, right. So right. you can replay this clip: JSOC versus CIA, which has got some interesting facts in it. Using conventional war authorities, they did it all with less oversight than the CIA. So in the past, covert action was done by CIA. The president had to approve covert action and notify the Congress. Now, a lot of what looks like the same sort of thing, covert action, is done by JSOC. Now they say, when they do it, it's not covert action. It's a military operation. So the president does not, by law, have to approve every operation. And the intelligence committees are not notified. This is, can we discuss for a second? Yeah. Okay. Now, by the way, I have a feeling I might have seen this. Was this a repeat? I don't know if, I don't think so. Let me look. Because may, maybe. I've never seen it before, and mm, I thought it was. It uh, might have been it, a repeat. No, it had, can't be a repeat because it, it it brings in the Boston bombing. Wow, because I'm, I'm, I've, I'm, okay, I've just heard this, uh, I've heard Black talk about this, and, okay, here's what's so crazy. If you just step back, and this is what we kind of like to do here at the No Agenda Show. Step back for a second, and you look at how evil the United States really is. And the evil things that, um, as a country, we are capable of doing for basically profit. uh, For profit for natural resources, for dominance, for cockswinging, whatever it is. Yet individually... If you look at all at what Americans are made up of, man, we're really, really good people. And we, you know, we have our heart in the right place. But I think there's like a gene or something that has been switched off. It's not like it's missing, but it's been switched off. And I'm not quite sure how they did it. But, oh, man, if we find out how to turn it back on, there's going to be blood on the moon, as my mom would say. <laughs> blood on the moon. Have you ever heard this expression? No. Oh. So you said, Adam, Adam Clark Curry. If I see you do that, there'll be blood on the moon, which I think huh. meant she would bludgeon me, <laughs> so that, that the moon would be splattered. But I'm not quite sure. Uh, no, yeah, that would fly a long, long ways. <laughs> um, but you know, all what? right. Well, so let's go. But what do you we think? Got- no, I'm, I'm, I'm opening up the roundtable for a discussion here. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you're right. I think there is something. And it's screwing. You get this guy like Kofer Black, and again, why do you name your kid Kofer? Oh, or Rand, destined to do, or Rand for that matter. Rand hey, is let, another one. Why hey, would let, you name your kid Rand after me, a think tank? Let, my, <laughs> let me name my kid after a I mean, think tank. It's like, <laughs> my, I want to. You, you maybe you wanted to name him Randy, and you dropped dead of a heart attack before you could get the last thing. <laughs> I want to name him Rand. Uh, dead. It's possible. The Kofer is not a short for anything. Oh, come on, this 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 name has got to be from something. Kofer. Isn't that, isn't that like Kofi? Co- Kofi Annan? <laughs> yeah, but that's an African name. This, what is this guy's getting? Is there anything but African? There's got to be Kofi family crest and name history. That's a last name. Kofi meaning... Oh, it's it's Germanic. 
Oh, here we go. It's uh, it's from occupational. It's a spelling of the German Kofer, occupational name from Slavic Kovar. Kofer with an umlaut. So he'd have been Kovar. So he's Kovar he, the Magnificent. So he's a Nazi. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah, we figured it out. Good the work. The joke is here's the here's the joke of it. That's his middle name. Oh, oh really? That's... He's really Joseph Kofer Black. So why would you, as an individual? Uh-huh. Choose that as your first name when it's a lunacy. I am proud of my German heritage. That is why. Do not ask these questions, Jean-Claude. Why do you not use your French middle name of Claude? Because <laughs> it's not my middle name. <laughs> yes, it is. You are Jean-Claude Dvorak. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is true. And there's a... this, this But the, the kind of the thing that was... Begun. Let me ask you a question. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I understand how your parents come up with John. They had clearly no imagination. Yeah. Uh, what do we call the kid? I don't know, John or something. Pete. Yeah. It's a good name. The, John. Good, okay. Biblical name. All right, John. Very popular. Okay. You know what? Why would you name your kid Adam? It's like the lamest name ever. No, it's a great name. It's, it's a good biblical name. But it's like You're I like went the through first. You're the pod father. <sighs> I went through hell. You did? Oh. Why I, would anybody give a crap? Adam's just sounded like a, just a name. It's not like a crazy this is, name. This is why I'm allowed to talk. I was bullied. I was bullied severely. For having the name Adam? Yes. Hey, yes. Adam, where's Eve? <laughs> that is exactly like every asshole that I ever witnessed in school. That's You just did it right there. Yeah. I, I can do that, guys. Okay, so you have to understand, when you move around, when you're like um, an quote-unquote army brat and you come into new schools all the time, you know, it, it, you can't, you, as a kid, you just want to blend in, like, it's just, I can't, why can't what my name be... What name would you want? What? David? John? Gary? <laughs> John would be fine. Hey, John. Hey, oh, yeah, hey, man. But like, Adam. Wow. You ruin our show. What? It's a show. It sucks with two Johns. John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It would ruin the show. I'm used to it now, and now I'm happy. But as a kid, actually, I think it was character building. So maybe that's why. Maybe Kofer. Character building. Character building. Character building. Hey, hey, Adam Curry. Yeah. Uh, Where's Eve? In the arm. Where's Eve? Where's Eve? Where's Eve? Hey, man, where's Eve? That's what kind of name creative. is that? Well, Those bullies have got some dynamite material. And then they would sit on my head. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> Mark Redmond. Come on, Bob. <laughs> he would be like, fart on his head. <laughs> it was worse. He'd be like, hey, want to come over and play? I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Last time you sat on my head. No, no, no. It's cool. Let me show you the new tape recorder I have. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then, boom, he'd be sitting on my head. <laughs> yeah. That was the meanest thing ever. <laughs> sitting on my head. You poor guy. Yeah. Now that you did, shit, they'd be, they'd be like sitting on a chair. Give a big head. All right. Do you have broadcasting here? <laughs> I've got a head for broadcasting. So anyway, they'll wrap a couple more of these things off. And here's the final uh, Iraq clip, uh, which I don't remember what it is, but we'll just play it. And then I got the conclusion, which I thought was interesting. Pulled away. By 2002 in the springtime, it was almost uh, taken for granted that we were going to go to war with Iraq. That guy. The president needed a convincing reason for war with Saddam Hussein. George Tenet and the CIA said they had no evidence Saddam had helped al-Qaeda. 
but Secretary Rumsfeld did. A secret unit at the Pentagon claimed it had found a connection. They needed an office that would produce the intelligence that the CIA wouldn't produce. Rumsfeld said, <laughs> I can solve your problem. And they created the Office of Special Plans. <laughs> Which I think was uh, off in the Paramount lot, was it not? <laughs> Bless the Office of Making It Up. So they're going to do their own analysis. And they're going to show that what the CIA has been missing all along about the true relationship between Saddam and Al-Qaeda. They worked in a vault deep inside the Pentagon. They had what is known as all-source clearances. Oh total access to intelligence information. I went into the system, our classified system, to see what did we know about terrorist groups and their relationships, as well as their uh, connection and associations with uh, not only Al-Qaeda, but also... Uh, I, this guy is for real when he said Al-Qaeda. Did you hear that? Yeah. Al-Qaeda. Is, right. is he from Israel? Al-Qaeda. I don't know what I don't know. I can't visualize this guy. I, I think, I, I think some. He probably might be. I think this is the official pronunciation. I think we should Al Qaeda. I think you and I should start doing that. Maybe Al Qaeda. State sponsors. The information was rarely vetted. Instead, it moved up the chain of command to the office of the vice president. And this became uh, material that was then used, sort of in white paper-like fashion, to be leaked to journalists uh, or to create links between Saddam Hussein and Al-Qaeda. It was delivered to the American public and the world. Information has come to light. We spent time looking at that relationship between Iraq on the one hand and the Al-Qaeda organization on the other. Al-Qaeda! And um, there has been reporting that suggests that there have been a number of contacts over the years. Uh, and they began relying on a new phrase, uh, weapons of mass destruction. Nuclear By the way, I decided we needed our music. There you go. Yeah, okay. So uh, so they, and by the way, the C, so the CIA says, we, which we knew this because we, we followed the whole thing. The CIA says, look, we got nothing. And so they dream up a bunch of stuff. Well, Another, we'll on. start our own agency. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't know nothing, you guys. You don't, yeah, you don't You're not helping anybody. Wimpy. So they start their own bullcrap agency, <laughs> make a bunch of stuff up, and then run it through the up the flagpole, leak it to the press, do all the rest of it. And then in the end, when the whole thing's a, a fiasco, they blame the CIA. Yeah, well. I just thought this was rich. <laughs> so, <laughs> so meanwhile. I'm watching these two shows. Yeah, well, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you. Do you mean when the weapons of mass destruction, when that turned out not to be true, they, they blame yeah. the CIA for it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it was Jace. Was it JSOC? No, it was yeah, the J Joint Special Operations Command who had all source clearances. Yeah, they could do whatever they wanted. So they they've gone berserk. So so I'm listening to these two shows. This is the point I'm trying to make: is that one show, the Nova show, with the bull crap. And they also blamed intelligence failings, and it was, again, blaming the CIA for stuff. Ah, wait a minute. So you're saying Nova equals CIA great, frontline. No, 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 just the opposite. Uh, I mean, uh, equals CIA bad, frontline equals CIA great? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So we have so wait, we have warring media productions? I'm thinking that's what's going on. <laughs> okay, so we need to do a whole, we can do a documentary. When Nova learned of the travesty of the CIA... Jenny Jardin came into action and got her boyfriend to produce a documentary in Boston. This was not going to stand well with the frontline production team. 
John- so the front line goes off and they do their conclusion, which is just the opposite of the conclusion of the previous show, Nova, which is we're great, we got this guy. And here's what the front line conclusion is, which just sticks it to the other guys. And then John asked to play a clip, but Adam didn't know what the name of the clip was. Oh, wait, it was labeled Frontline Conclusion. Come on. One. There are police and SWAT vehicles streaming in that direction. And the overwhelming presence of law enforcement. The hardware of top secret America rolled out in hot pursuit. Police have told people to stay home with the windows. Police are going door to door looking for the remaining bombing suspects. Suspect number two has been cornered in the backyard of a home. We heard police talking about he's in a boat. He's in a boat channel. Once again. It was only after a tip from an observant citizen that police finally got their man. Apparently a woman called in a report of blood in a backyard leading to a boat. She called authorities. Uh, that led them to this scene. The suspect in custody. Nobody is coming to the perimeter. It's still a hot scene. In the wake of the Boston bombing, the question remains, has top secret America made us any safer? And I will point out, John, that they use the exact same clip again. It's a hot scene. Yeah, I noticed. Um, this was, uh, what was the name of this episode of Frontline? Top Secret America. Okay, hold on. So let's see who produced it. Secret. Because we know that Jenny Jardin's boyfriend uh, produced the Nova <laughs> Man. This guy must love being that re- referenced that way. Well, Jenny tough place. shit. Uh, tough shit. That's how it goes. Yeah, tough shit, man. Tough, tough shit. shit. That's right. Find, find a different boy. girlfriend. Uh, it's the boyfriend, and that's the way it is. Let's see. Top Secret America Pulitzer Prize winning. Oh. Dana Priest. Okay, Dana Priest, which, who's the woman's voice in most of this, is that they had a couple, you know, a couple of shills we see all the time on on CNN, right? Uh, including the pretty girl that was a. Work for the CIA. Well, but she's getting the credit, so I'd say that she produced. No, no she did. And here's the deal with her. She is the one, if you recall, because they, they only brought this up once. She's the one that works for the Washington Post who blew out, and this was about a year and a half oh, ago. Oh, wait a minute. The, Isn't, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. That map of all the subcontractors to the, all these intelligence agencies across the country, turning the entire country basically blood red. With all these little operations that are being financed here and there. And in fact, part of the show is her driving around with a real estate guy right. in some part of somewhere. And, and the guy says, oh, yeah, that's the uh, there's a Defense Department DIA operation. Right, in that right, building. right, 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 right. It's actually quite entertaining. The whole show is good. So whose side is she on then, just so I have it straight? I'm suspecting that she is on the side of the old-fashioned CIA. Old school, right? Old yeah. school. Well, in February 2006, she was awarded the George Polk Award for national reporting for her November 2005 article on secret CIA detention facilities in foreign countries. She's the one who busted that. Right. So but so she so she's probably like Uncle Don's buddy because he's old school like that. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Interesting. You know what? She's that's cute. Because I came away with a kind of a – you come away because you have to not only analyze the show, but you got to see how it emotionally affected you right. so you can kind of analyze that and see if they're pulled it off. And it, you come away with, wow, you know, these guys are great. But, you know, it's all screwed up now because everything's a secret and they got these prisons and, and Rumsfeld's a bad guy and Cheney's right. a creep. No, that's true because Uncle Don also hates Rumsfeld. Yeah, that would make sense. 
She's kind of cute too. Dana Priest. Who? Dana Priest. Oh no, yeah, uh, yeah, she's yeah, she's she's older. Oh yeah, I was looking at an older picture. Yeah. No, but I like that because it's uh, you know this is uh, she's nice. She's nice. She's milfy. Well, she did a wonderful job on busting out all these little with that map. It was a scandal. And you right. know, of course, it blew over like everything else because you can't yeah, do anything. Because uh, Edith of the of Archie Bunker died today, so that'll that'll yeah, be the okay, news. Right. Gotta get, move that up and <laughs> that'll be the news. That's it. That's it, everybody. Of the fold. <laughs> There's nothing else. <laughs> uh, let me see. I do have um, two quick uh, one two one two one two two one two check two one two. I got uh, one, maybe just one. Do you have anything? Else? I got one clip. About a, about the first. No, I, I always said this this Florida story about this poor eighteen year old girl who got railroaded because she had a when she was sixteen or f- seventeen I guess she had this girlfriend in our high school she's fourteen <coughs> and I guess they were developing some sort is of is that the tear thing. gas John are you okay <laughs> you know Adam it's getting pretty bad out here <coughs> the tear gas <laughs> I need that music I, I, I here's a clip we can play. Crowd hammer on Benghazi. I love the way these guys are trying to keep the story alive. Oh, hold on a second. You've we con- should talk about the Obama story, too, on top of that, because I came up with a thought about this. Okay, hold on. So my, my whole system, ever since I started playing the serious music, my system not working so well. The biggest scandal of all, the biggest question of all is, what was the president doing in yeah. those eight hours? Who does he call? About five hours in, he calls the Secretary of State. It looks as if the only phone call was to construct a cover story at a time when the last two Americans who died were still alive and fighting for their lives. There's the scandal, and that, I think, has got to be uncovered. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because my sources tell me the president was stoned off his ass and that that's why he no one could get a hold of him. That's why it's so unclear where he was. It doesn't right. really matter that he didn't show up. And you know, and uh, Hillary sent him an this. email. I think he was. I think he was incapacitated. And I will say he was stoned. Well, and it would be on coke, I believe, and and, and weed. marijuana and a weed, a weed and coke. Yep, weed and coke. Cause that's what your source said. Yep. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Here's my thoughts on this. Let's, this is, of course, very speculative. We have no evidence whatsoever. Unlike the weed and coke, which is so certain. <laughs> yeah, we were sure of that. <laughs> so my thinking was this was, the again, the kidnapping was underway. Yep. And the election was now a done deal, and he was celebrating. Oh, interesting. No, I now, don't. I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think the election was a done deal yet. The I whole, think he knew that this was gonna this was gonna be a great coup. He's got this kidnapping thing. He's done. He's got it. He's oh, gonna sell it. I, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. I see what you're saying because the kidnapping was taking place, uh, and it, of course it started time to sell it. Let's open the bottle of cognac. He was he was popping bottles in the club. Absolutely. I totally. And by the way. Everybody was in on it. That's why all the stand down orders came. Everyone knew. Ah, uh, yeah, stand down. Is that is that is that uh, kidnapping thing we all talked about? Ixnay on the kidnapping K thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. That, right. I believe that too. Now here's where it gets even weird, weirder in terms of deconstructing. So five hours go by. This thing, the whole thing falls apart. He's wasted. He finally gets Wait, 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 w
I'm so big, Oh, man. yeah, i got to explain it before we can do the bit. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Set I, me there's up. There's a little angle here. You're all right, all right. All right I, set I, me up, I Buttercup. It's crucial. I can't do it as a sketch. All right, set me up. No, here's the deal. He's The, the thing fell apart. He is wired on cocaine. <laughs> he's the one, because he's a cocaine idea, to dream up this video bull crap. I got an idea. I got an idea. Uh, Muslims, Muslims, Muslims hate this shit. Yeah. Anyone who knows anyone who's like white line marketing, you know, the guys are just... They're all over the place. They're strung out on coke. Hey, dude. 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 I was watching this video on YouTube. We could use that totally. We could use that. Oh, yeah. This will work. 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 How was that? Like that? Yeah. So, anyway, that's my little add on to that thesis. I think you're told. I think, and, you know, people may think we're insane when we say this. I know they do. Well, it's entertaining, but nah, no way. <laughs> no way. Too many people would know about it. That would leak out. Yeah, too many people would know about a whole ship full of them on the Gulf of Tonkin. <laughs> there was an entire <laughs> ship that knew there was not, no action. In the morning. <laughs> I love it when jo- John C. Dvorak, of all people in the universe, is fighting the conspiracy theory label. Uh, that is just so funny to me. I mean, the guy, I mean, the, I am... So my source is, is, I think, well, who the hell knows? But I, I, I reasonably reliable. And if you go back, I don't think we actually played all of the clips that I had. Um, remember the, it was on Bob Schieffer. Oh, no. Okay, now I'm going to see if I can find this clip. That would be kind of funny if I could find it. Uh, uh, man, uh, where was the president? Uh, I have no idea what I named this clip. Uh, but... Uh, they sent out a couple of weeks ago. They sent out like some, not like a chief of staff, but some like some guy, and he was on all the talk shows. And at a certain point, it's like, you know, who are you, and why are you here talking about all this? Do you remember this? Yeah, vaguely, I do remember it vaguely. And this is the, yeah, another one of these new faces. It's like the guy in the red uniform on the Star Trek original Star Trek. You know, gets in there. <laughs> New guy on the set. Uh oh. Uh, he's, okay. he's a goner. <laughs> Hold on a second. Why are you here? I wish I could find this clip. It is it's not gonna. I'll dig it up for for uh, Thursday. But anyway, you know, and and the guy is dodging the question. Like, well, what? Where was the president? Where was the president? How come the president? Just where? Just tell me. Where was he? Was he asleep? Was he bowling? Was he having a burger? Was he watching TV? And the and the guy can't answer the question. Have you seen this? Yeah, I remember. This has been going on for a while. Uh, this in is, fact, it shows up in these committee hearings every so often. Uh, this is really pissing me off. I I, I want to find this. I have this clip. I have it somewhere. I really do. Uh, meanwhile, while I'm looking for that, um, since this is so uh, uh, apropos. Apropos, uh, the First Amendment, uh, which actually I listened to that bit we did again, and I, I thought it was quite good, where we remind people that the First Amendment of the United States Constitution is not a right to uh, free speech. You have that right inherently as a sovereign human being. Oh, I said the sovereign word. I'm going to get arrested, get black bagged. Uh, you have the right to free speech. You have the right to freedom of religion. And we have all agreed that the press 
has uh, the right to freedom to report as they see fit. The First Amendment of the United States Constitution is specifically saying the government and Congress, okay, so that's the, 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 the governing body of the United States government, may not make any law against this, may not. So it's very important to understand that subtle yet very important difference. And Tom Brokaw, a guy, I kind of respect him. Yeah, he 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 goes on and says, "Oh well, you know, you know this whole what's this whole thing?" He doesn't actually say it about. Oh, well, you know, two hundred years ago it was you know we didn't have the internet, we had muskets. Uh, <laughs> but he says something which I found equally frightening. A remark that journalists, on the other hand, shouldn't have what you call the glass jaw when it comes to some of these investigations, citing the First Amendment and threats to the First Amendment. Well, it, the First Amendment is in a critically important part of the Constitution. It is not unconditional, obviously. Any number of us over the years have been in dialogues and in conversations with senior government officials about when something can be disclosed and under what circumstances. And it's kind of case by case. It's not unconditional. Really now? It's, it's kind of case by case? Are you kidding me? What's he talking about? Ab- about what you can say and what you can't say. I found huh. it, I found it by the way. I found the clip in my fantastic system, the Freedom Controller, designed to give you maximum freedom over Facebook, Twitter, and every and G plus. Here we go. Um, here's the clip. Uh, it's the point that the our chief of staff is made. Dan Pfeiffer is the guy's name. Here, which is try when they don't have a positive agenda, try to drag Washington into a swamp of. Partisan fishing expeditions, trumped-up hearings, and false allegations. We're not going to let that distract us and the president from actually doing the people's work and fighting for the middle class. You know, I I don't want to compare this in any way to Watergate. I do not think this is Watergate by any stretch. However, but you weren't born then, I would guess. (laughs) But I have to tell you, that is exactly (laughs) the approach that the Nixon administration took. They said, these are... I like that, by the way, when Schieffer does that. We don't have time for this. We have to devote our time to the people's business. You're taking exactly the same line that they did. Oops. But, uh, uh, Mr. Pfeiffer, and I don't mean to be argumentative (laughs) here, but the president is in charge of the executive branch of the government. It's my... (laughs) I'll just make this as an assertion. When the executive branch does things right, there doesn't seem to be any uh, uh, hesitancy of the White House to take uh, credit for that. When Osama bin Laden was killed, the president didn't waste any time getting out, getting out there and telling people about it. But with all of these things, uh, when these things happen, you seem to send out officials many times who don't even seem to know uh, what has happened? And I use as an example of that Susan Rice, who had no connection. I hope this is the clip; otherwise, it'll be quite a shame. The that took place in Benghazi, and yet she was sent out, appeared on this broadcast and other Sunday broadcasts five days after it happens. Mm, and maybe I'm not. not here to get in an argument with you about who changed which word in the talking points and all that. The bottom line is what she told the American Ugh, people that come on. bore no resemblance maybe to what had happened on the ground in an incident it's a good where clip. It's a good clip. Yeah. four Americans were killed. What? It's a compilation clip, so here's the last one. But I, what I'm saying to, to you is uh, that was just PR. That was just a PR plan to send out somebody who didn't know anything about what had happened. Why did you do that? Why didn't the Secretary of State come and tell us what they knew? And if you knew nothing 
uh, say, we don't know yet. Why didn't the White House chief of staff come out? I mean, I would, and I mean this is no disrespect to you, why are you here today? Why isn't the White House chief of staff here to tell us what? No, that's not the clip. Crap! It's, yeah, it's a good, good one, co- though. Yeah, why are that's, you here? Why are you well, here? Well, you can see Schaefer kept being brought into the picture because of the the fuss they made over Rice's bull crap, right. and mostly on his show. Yeah, exactly. So he was. He sounded irked. I never heard that clip before. That's a good one. Um, well, go dig up the other clip for the Thursday show. We got to get out of here. Right I will. Now. Yeah, because it's a good clip. It's uh, it's it's pretty funny that way. Anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so uh, we'll do some of that work for sure. Uh, happy to uh, to bow down, do some work. Meanwhile, I'll be uh, broadcasting on. 10.140 megahertz on QRSS. So get your grabbers ready. It's a little code. Yeah, you're up to three. <laughs> three what? Chips. Chips? Chips. I thought you were going to go oh, to ships. ships. Chips, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be hard. Sundays are the worst. Or are you going to give up already? No, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I love, I just wanted to get all the subs. That's why I thought getting this, talking to the subs would be cool. Yeah. But you're right. So, you, wait, are you telling me there's a ham, like, in the sub? Oh, yeah. Well, it, they're using the original uh, equipment. They're using their, arm, their Army, Navy, the Navy equipment, Marine equipment. They're using the subs radios? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can blow all over the place with that gear. Yeah, but it's me blowing to them that's the problem, you see. I see. All right, everybody, we'll be back on Thursday. Remember us, Dvorak.org slash NA. Support our value for value model. No agenda producers update is coming up next live on the stream. Coming to you from Austin, Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from good old northern Silicon Valley, where it's always sunny, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Are you certain of your sensory? Definitely a space vessel of some type. Origin? Unknown. Could hardly be an Earth ship. There have been no flights into this sector for years. I'm picking up a signal, sir. Captain, that's the old Morse code call signal. Thank you. CQ? CQ? When important moments happen, both big and small, we're the first informers to history. We are the pioneers, the innovators, reaching more people, touching more lives. By Ayn Rand. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.